0: Today's discussion is engulfed into one question. Who is the Hatman? As many of you might know, I've produced a feature-length documentary film about the so-called Hatman phenomena called The Hat Man Documented Cases of Pure Evil. And it is available on Amazon Prime Video and also Amazon DVD, as well as Vimeo on Demand. And I spoke to various eyewitnesses on what or who it might be. Um today's special guest is Ben Upson. Ben is a professional British actor with over 20 years experience in performance. As a classical trained performer, Ben understands how to tell stories and give real character to his work. He is also a content producer and entrepreneur. Besides his great success in business and content, Ben has also had his own experiences with shadow people. Um so welcome Ben, welcome to the podcast. Hello, how are you? Very good. So let's just start right off. My first question is, um, how did you see the hat man?
1: Oh, wow. Um, it, it's a real, if you want to know how, I guess with, you know, I, I did see something, whether I saw that in, cause it was, I was very young when it happened. Okay. Um, and like a lot of people in your movie, um, in your documentary, should I say, uh, I I wasn't sure if it was something to even take notice of in in my life until much later on like cuz it it for me I just thought it was a dream you know uh it was a pretty much a bit of a nightmare that I had when I was very very young uh and I and of course like the the bad things always stick with you that that particular nightmare it always stuck with me and I used to catch myself pondering it and stuff and going, what was that? Because I was like seven at the time. And, and that's just, it was a weird thing for me to see. Uh, when, when kids have, have nightmares and stuff, they usually see a movie or something like that. Anyway, so I was like seven years old and I was having weird dreams, not weird dreams. Like there was crazy stuff going on. And it was, there was, you know, like flying unicorns or whatever. I was having dreams where I would wake up think I was awake in my room walk around and then realize that I was dreaming because everything was kind of slow and like later on people like to call that astral projection or lucid dreaming or whatever but I was I was experiencing that uh and as a 7 8 year old kid that was strange you know like because I'd had regular old dreams about flying and stuff. And then, and then I'm just waking up and thinking, oh. And I walk downstairs and there's no one there and it's dark. And I walk back upstairs. And, and it was just, it was weird. And one time I woke up and I knew I was dreaming. So I did what I, I got used to this by now. I walked over to my window. I was on the first floor of a, of a, of, of a two-floor two house. And I walked over to my window which overlooked the street. And we had like it was this was in England in, in, in a suburb just outside London. And I looked over <clears throat> onto the lawn and I used to do this when I used to just wake up in the night in, in a lucid dream. And I, I got used to it a little bit. And I used to just look out and just look look at the street. And I looked and I looked at the stars and the sky and everything seemed pretty normal and I looked over into my neighbor's garden and there was someone in the garden crouched down and there was a tree in that garden in the middle of the lawn and there was someone crouched down digging with their bare hands at the bottom of that tree and they were a really kind of tall person and I knew this because they were crouched down in their knees were really high up, like they were crouched, but their knees were really high. They almost looked like that dude in in uh, I think it's the wall, the Pink Floyd video. Um, Real gangly kind of guy, real skinny, and he was crouched down. He was frantically kind of digging around in 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 the dirt, and. I, I just kind of, it, it was my mind speaking, but I said it out loud. I said, what are you doing in Stephen's Garden? Stephen being my neighbor. He was a single guy. I lived there alone. And I was in my room when I said this. And the window was closed. And, and whether, you know, it was a dream, doesn't matter. But I said that kind of out loud. I said, what are you doing in Stephen's Garden? And this guy, he heard that. And he turned around. And he looked. And I was like, oh, shit. He heard me, <laughs> like, but I wasn't scared because I kind of I knew I was in a dream. I was like, "Well, what's going to happen next?" This dude heard me, and he stood up, and in a space of one or two seconds, he grew. And he and then he walked in about two steps over to my window and stood in front of me and that's when I saw what he was he, he had a long black trench coat on and he had a top hat on um the kind of thing that Abraham Lincoln uh, and and the, the, his whole kind of I could see kind of the silhouette of his face it was kind of it it was very angular and and shaped down but that top hat, I could see the the curve on both sides of the top of the hat. I could see the brim. It wasn't wide, like this wide brim hat that a lot of people see. It was a top hat. And he looked at me. And at that point, I was getting scared. And I was just, the situation became real to me, even though I, I knew I was kind of dreaming, but it became real. And I kind of took a breath in and kind of took a step back. And as I took a step back, as I became apprehensive, his eyes lit up like car headlights and I became frozen I was paralyzed in front of him and you can imagine for a seven-year-old boy I think I was seven or eight I was terrified but I was frozen and I was looking at him and then I felt myself float up in the air about you know maybe a foot but I was off the ground now still frozen still paralyzed and the window the latch on the window opened by itself the window then opened by itself he didn't touch it And then I felt myself go sideways and down onto the floor, like I floated down to the floor, something pushed me down there, this force. And I could kind of, and this now seemed like sleep paralysis, but I was in the dream in sleep paralysis, and I I could somehow still see the window. And his legs, his long gangly legs just started to climb into the window. His hands came in and he shrank so that he could fit in the room. And then he came in the room and he started walking towards me. His eyes were not glowing anymore. He was just a shadow. He was a top hat again. And then all these other things came in with him uh, that I haven't really got a vivid memory of. The, 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 there, was other, there was a woman there and she was scary. I just know that. And, and other, other things came in with him. And I started shifting along the floor, sliding towards this walk-in closet that was in the bedroom at the time. And at that point I was really scared. I was really petrified. And then I just can't remember anything after that, but the whole thing stuck with me for years and years. And it was about five years ago. I just Googled it. I just looked it up. I want, you know, I wonder if any, I wonder if anyone else had a similar dream or something like that. Cause I, I knew about shadow people. I thought, what if this top, ha- I don't know, there was, maybe there was a crossover there. I, I looked it up and there it was so many people, thousands and thousands of stories. And I thought, hold on. I never to- and I never told anyone about it. Why would you tell anyone about some silly dream you had? But uh, there were tons of stories. And I thought, even if I did tell someone the, and these stories were so similar to mine, some of them. And now ever since then, I've kind of been on this subconscious maybe lookout for it. And that's when I originally when you were making your movie and you, you put something out on Instagram, I saw that. I said, Hey, I've seen this guy. And, uh, you know, a f- few, few months later, here we are.
0: Wow. That's so, um, it's so, uh, creepy. Um, so it was like an, uh, what do you think it was? Was it either astral projection or
1: lucid dreaming that was going on there? Well, my, ever since then, there was a lot of stuff that happened at that time. And some when I watched your movie today, there was some stuff in your movie that, that sort of lined up with experiences that I had that made a lot of sense to me, that sort of brought things home to me. I was like, oh, right, that's what that may have been. But as far as astral projection and stuff go, it may have been. Um, I lucid dream a lot. I'm that kind of guy. I can, I can, and I, when I was in my teenage years, when I was about 14, 15, I could control it. I could dream, I would wait for it, I, w- I would be excited about it, and I would begin having fun. So I've, I looked back on it after this, after Googling it in the last five years, and I thought, well, maybe I was lucid dreaming. And then I found out about astral projection, which some people, of course, they say it's the spirit traveling out the body. Other people say, no, it's you traveling into yourself and being part of a, a giant consciousness that we all share it You know, I I don't think anyone can really pin down what astral projection is, but what you can say is a lot of people have had a lot of similar experiences that seem to be, you know, there's the details of what they describe are really accurate down to a T. So I, I do believe in the experience of astral projection, and it definitely could have been that. One thing I will say is when I used to do it as a boy, it was identical. And that gave me goosebumps, that movie Insidious. It was identical to Insidious when I used to do that. Everything was dark. Everything was a little bit slow. Everything was was moody and in blue tones. And so, uh, yeah, it could have been that.
0: Oh, wow. 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 So it really, so what would you say, like, maybe out of the percentage of one through a hundred, what was Insidious, the way the environment looked?
1: Oh, gosh, I. I
0: like how accurate it was
1: well yeah about 85 to 90% it was it was pretty accurate when that boy in the movie goes into the world and he walks through and everything's a little bit quick everything's a little bit slow it wasn't as scary for me as a kid i think mm-hmm. things get scary when you grow up because you attach fear to things through subliminal experiences. Like you watch horror movies and your mind gets told, this is meant to be scary, so therefore it's scary. But when you're you're a boy, and you haven't seen a horror movie yet, you know, when you just go out and it's that, you're not yet uh, conditioned to be afraid of the dark and to be afraid of these things. So as a boy, it wasn't so scary, but it was very, very similar to that movie Insidious. It was very, where the way everything's dark, the way way there's kind of a static in the air, the the way it it, it did feel like that for me. As I got older and I have managed, I think about, because I've consciously tried to do, to get to that kind of weird astral projection-y kind of state. It is like that again. And there is a fear to it. But that fear is from within, you know, it's like, oh God, well, your mind plays games with you, you know? So... But if you succumb to it, then yeah, you can also see some really creepy things too. But yeah, your question, is it similar? About 90%, I would say.
0: Wow, um, it's interesting because there's actually a scene in that movie, Um, people can look this up, um, maybe on YouTube or they might have to rent the movie. But in Insidious, uh, toward the end, all the ghosts start crossing over from the, the further, the astral realm. And there's a scene where the, um, Lee Whannell's character is holding a flashlight. No, 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 I'm sorry. This is, um, I think, Angus, but I forgot his real name in the film. But anyways, one of the paranormal investigators, he's pointing a light, and then he points it in the kitchen, and when it hits the corner, there's a man in the corner with a top hat and a suit. And it's like your experience. You basically experience the like uh, what people call the top hat man, where it looks like a... Like a Lincoln type hat, very tall, you know it's very interesting. Um, the Babadook Duke film have you seen that film before
1: I did, and a lot of people get freaked out by that, but that particular movie that didn 't get me at all. I actually was go- I was contemplating switching it off um, out of it being I, like I mentioned before we started this podcast, I was critical of movies and stuff like I, wasn't, I, I, I was a trained actor, um, I got a degree in film. Uh, for me, The Duke I understand why people thought it was a brilliant movie, but I guess the fact that I've experienced something like that and the fact that I, I wanted it to be, you know, I, 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 I for me, it, it wasn't scary for me because the, the fourth wall was broken. You see what I mean? I, I, I just saw it as, as a film trying to sensationalize that. But um, when, when, he, yeah, when he came out, when, when the first time you saw the, the Babadook guy, especially when I watched the trailer, I got goosebumps. Because I thought, the first thing I thought was, oh shit, someone has made a movie out of this. Why would they do that? He's going to fucking come for them. <laughs> like, I, I, I was like, you don't talk about this guy or he'll come for you. Like, I used to feel like that. Um, uh, but now I, I don't feel like that so much anymore. Uh, but yeah, the Baba Duke. I saw that movie, and it did give me tingles the first time I saw the 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 creepy guy in that with the top hat.
0: Yeah, it seems that uh, well, I did some research on that film and the filmmakers. And oh man, I wish I was better with names right now. But it's um, the director basically got the idea from a friend in Australia about a certain demon that would haunt people, and I think it was called the Baba yuga i think over there in australia i might be incorrect and that gave her the idea she liked the sound of baba and i don't know a lot of people that don't know um there's a lot of demons and uh dark spirits in voodoo that start off with baba so baba yuga baba Baba, whatever and that's kind of
1: sorry to interject you saw john wick right john wick
0: yes i know what you're talking i think i know go ahead explain
1: they call him baba Yega, don't they the Russian guys, and in folklore, the Baba Yaga is basically the boogeyman.
0: Yes, yes, I totally forgot about that.
1: And they're like, "Oh, is John Wick, the boogeyman." They're like, "No, he's the guy who you get to kill the boogeyman, or oh, whatever." It's, it's so yeah, um, that that sort of that makes sense. The whole Baba thing.
0: Oh yeah, and it it seems that um, she basically it seems that she pulled inspiration from. I don't think, my personal opinion, I don't think she knew about the Hatman phenomena. I think she might have heard a couple of stories about it, or she um, was inspired to make that film, because there's so many nuances, and there's so many little details that are very much parallel the Hatman phenomena. But I'm getting real interested in um, your lucid dreaming experiences. Was this your first, I guess you would say, lucid dreaming experience? Um, scary experience where you seen the hat man
1: it was my first and i have you know what i recently in the last few months i saw something in my house as a lucid dream that i thought could be him but it was different and i know i said to you i never saw the fedora guy but yeah we'll get back uh, please remind me to come, come back to that. I, I wanted to answer your original question. Um, okay. yeah, that was the first time that I, that I saw him and, and what I thought would be the last. Um, and again, I still don't know if I was lucid dreaming, you know, I don't know if I was lucid dreaming, actual projecting, a lot of stuff happened around that time. Now, after I watched your movie, I noticed one thing that I, for me, I don't think a lot of people touch on this. Now, I'm not saying you didn't touch on it. I, I think when people investigate these things, you got to look at the people that see the type of people that see this type of entity. I noticed that a lot of people in the movie seem to be in a negative environment, or up against the you know the the odds are against them in life, or something like that. They seem to be somehow struggling with something and when you talk to people about this they seem to be that kind of person at that time in my life it was it wasn't a struggle like i wasn't a, a deprived kid or anything but it, it there was negativity in the house at the time we you know uh my father i didn't know my father he he died when i was very young and so i never got the chance to know him and, and my mom was real upset about that um that 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 she um she was she felt so bad for me and that he died when i was about five mm. and then my mom want i lived with my mother my grandmother and my cousin who uh she had some issues as well because um obviously i i don't i didn't think about it at the time she was just like a big sister to me but she, she had you know, she lived with her grandmother and her aunt, but not her mother and her father, you know? So that's gonna affect her greatly as well. So there was negativity in the house, whether it was there in the open, I don't know, but subconsciously and in our daily routines, maybe it was there. When my mother went to university because she wanted to set a good example to me and, and say, this kid's gotta go to college, but he's only gonna do it if I do, I've gotta be a role model. She went to university, therefore I didn't have my mum. All of a sudden I'm 7 8 years old and my mom's gone and I'm stuck with my grandmother and then things got really negative we hated each other those fights in the house all the time I used to pray that something would would come and 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 take me away or you know I was really it was really looking back on it a hard time and then one night sorry to go all around the houses here Kyle I'm just trying to Oh no it's good one night Everyone was sitting downstairs watching TV. We were watching. They were watching. I'm, it was EastEnders. This that's like a British soap opera, right? It's like the the pinnacle British soap opera, EastEnders. And it was the end of EastEnders. The drum thing went off. And any English people listening, or know that it's go like dum dum da dum dum. So that's when I got up off the couch and went to go upstairs to go to the bathroom. As I went to go up the stairs. I looked to the top where the landing was and i saw this dude run across so my stairs in my house was just a staircase up with a wall either side and then you would see the landing at the top and and a corridor and and this dude just went straight across but it was a shadow of a dude it was a shadow of a guy it wasn't a guy it was i just saw a shadow run across and it was really clear it wasn't out of focus. It wasn't like when someone's standing in front of a glass door and then a car comes out and, and it, it makes a shadow. It, it was pitch black, perfectly in focus, shadow ran across the landing. And I wasn't scared, I was just like, and I looked, to the, I thought it was my sister or someone, I don't know, I thought it was their shadow. And I looked to the couch and everyone's sitting on the couch. Everyone that lives in the house is right there. And I said, did you? And I looked up the stairs. And I said, someone come up the stairs with me. There's someone upstairs. And they're like, there's no one upstairs. And I said, there's someone upstairs. I've just seen them. And they wouldn't believe me. So I went up on my own. And I looked around and there was no one there. And yada, yada, yada. That was that night. And then around a similar time, I was in bed. And my bed was on the floor. It was like a, a very low down bed. I was in bed one night. And you know when you just wake up for no reason. Again, like in, in the movie, people just wake up. I wasn't having a bad dream or anything. I just woke up and I could hear this dog in the corner of the room. We didn't have a dog. No neighbors had a dog, but there was a dog in the room and it was growling. It was fucking mad. This dog was, it was upset. It was angry and it was angry at me. I just felt that I couldn't see anything. It was pitch black, but in the corner of the room was this dog and its growl was low. And, and as I just thought to myself, everything's rushing through my head am i in a dream no i'm awake and as i had the thought is that a dog it came real close to my face like right in front of my face and i could feel the fucking breath off of this dog growling and i couldn't see anything i could just it was in front of my face and i just went under the covers and i stayed there and i couldn't hear it anymore but I stayed there for a long time. That way I knew I was awake. Now that experience, that was a scary one. And I've never figured it out. I've never understood what the hell it was. I've never heard my friends tell ghost stories about a a dog that, I always called it a black dog because it just felt like one. I don't know what that was, but it was around the time. I don't know if later on the next story I, I would say would be the top hat guy, the one that I told you at the beginning. So it was like, I saw a shadow dude on the stairs. Then this black dog was in my room. And there was a couple of other things that I can't be sure of. So I won't I won't really put any credibility to them. I would wake up and I would feel someone like tap me on the shoulder, but that, that could have been anything. But this dog, that was freaky. And it's always stuck with me. Uh, and then I learned later on that this, this top hat guy, or when people see this guy, he growls at them. And I was like, maybe, because I I, I just assumed it was a dog. Sounded like a dog. It was a thing growling at me, like, and then when I watched your movie, I saw this kind of graph that you had on the screen, and you mentioned something called hellhounds, about like when people that leading up to the episode, certain things happen. And I thought, well, I don't know, does that tie in? But certainly these things all happened. Later on, after I left the house, I know the guy next door who, the top hat guy was in his garden. Um, He died, I I don't know how he died, but he died. Um, But I know, I've always felt as well, that this top hat dude that I saw, he wasn't looking for me. He wasn't trying to get me. He was in the neighbor's garden doing some shit with their tree, digging in the ground. And if I had have kept my mouth shut, I don't think he'd have seen me. Whoa.
0: You know, everything you're saying is confirming so much of my research. Um, did you want to finish your thought before I ask another question and go into what you uh, explained?
1: Um... Ah, yeah, well, I'll leave you with this, this one. I saw in your movie again that, that was, he, was the South American guy at the end, the, he, I don't know if he was Mexican or, or what. Sorry, I've, I've only ever been to the States once, so I'm not very good with, with regions. But the guy at the end, who said, his wife says to him from the background, she's like, Oh, you saw him on Sunday. And then you had a seizure, remember? And he's like, oh, yeah, apparently my wife says I saw him in the corner and I got him to take a picture, and then I had a seizure. Shortly after all this shit happened, I was getting bullied in school. I was not having a good time in my life. Uh, and I, w- I was watching horror movies. Um, shortly after all this, and while all this shit was going on, uh, I started having seizures. Um... And then I got, I got diagnosed with uh, epilepsy. Um, and I wouldn't actually mention that to you had I not m- seen your movie today because the dude saw The Hat Man and then had a seizure. And at the time in my life where I was lucid dreaming, where I was seeing weird shit, and uh, I started having seizures. And I, I don't know, that's the synchronicity that I thought I'd bring up.
0: But wow. I'm not saying there's
1: anything to it, you know.
0: So, um, it's interesting, the whole, the hellhound, the hellhound phenomena, there is a hellhound phenomena. When I was first researching the hat man, um, I was telling my friends about it, and I did have one friend, and it's interesting, um, um, He they used to be, they're, they're Christian now, and I say that in air quotes, because what I'm learning about consciousness and awareness is very different, but they're Christians now, but they used to be um, in Islam, and it's interesting because they have a whole, um, I guess you would say, not course, but they have their whole beliefs on what these shadow people are. They go in more depth than probably some Christians do about demons. But um, one guy, one of my friends, he had an experience where he was in his room, and I believe he was studying or playing video games or something, and then this black dog, like a shadow, just passed by in the hallway. And then he knew he didn't have a dog. He's like, what the heck? Did someone bring their dog over? So it just passed by the doorway, the open doorway. He walks up and looks in the hallway, and it's gone. There's nothing there. And he knew. Um, he told his aunt or something about it. And then she said, oh, yeah, that's the gin she's all, And they had to spray the house or something with their um, their holy water. And it's interesting because there is a black dog phenomena, And oddly enough, the hat man is seen with dogs sometimes on each side of him or sometimes one dog. Um, but when you were talking about your experience... <clears throat> it reminded me of um the there's a story that didn't make the film um and it was a man that seen the grinning man so basically that would be the hat man with a huge grin and sharp teeth but before he seen that image of a hat man in his room he would wake up and this would be during the day or nighttime and he would hear a growl right down the corner and he said it was sound like a dog and then one time he did wake up and he heard a bark in the corner, like a dog barking. And when he turned over, the grinning man was there, but this time it was like it was like a man in a hat. Um, he said his face looked like, um, like pale white but kind of burnt, disformed, but his teeth looked like that of an angler fish. And it was smiling like it was going to hurt him, and it was holding a noose in his hand. And he ran out of the house real quick. But that's interesting that... If you ever study possessions, or if you study um, even the hat man, there's a whole link between demons and growling and a dog sound. Um, even in the famous case of um, uh, the poltergeist case uh, in Enfield, they always heard a dog growling or barking in their cases. Um, so that's very interesting. And um, the... Wait, hold on. Let me see. the growl. Oh, the shadow person you saw too cross. For some reason, it seems like shadow people like to hang around staircases. I don't know if that has an esoteric meaning, or if that's how they can scare people, or that's how they can get your awareness of them. Um, because you were just, you know, you just so happened to look up at this um, this guy passed by, and it's interesting because a lot of like you know, horror films they kind of portray shadow people like actual shadows, but sometimes they can look like full figures walking in your waking day. Um, I definitely see like a, a correlation here with everyone else's experience. It's kind of interesting. Like If I were to talk to you like I'm a doctor or something, giving you a prescription or a scientist, it almost seems like this hat man was digging a grave for that man, and then you so happened to catch him, and now he turned around and kind of had the idea of, like, oh, I can use this energy to scare this kid. Or I can do something to this kid to take advantage and um, while I'm doing this other activity. Because that's what's happened in the past. Uh, in my research, there's been a whole bunch of stories where people say they've seen this hat man um, in, in front of someone's house. They still happen to see it, and then um, they die the next day or they die later. Or um, some people I interviewed, the house that he was standing in front of or an apartment he was standing in front of, the person tried killing themselves either the day before or following after the experience. So he's definitely linked with, um, some dark subjects. Um, do you think that your, um, is it epileptic seizures or just what kind of seizures would you get?
1: Well, I was diagnosed with epilepsy. Um, I would only ever have them at night, apparently. Um, I've been on medication ever since. And I never get them on medication and then when I came off the medication I would have one. Uh, So they put me back on. And I've never had a seizure since. I've had panic attacks where I've collapsed but not a seizure. Um, It's it's a funny thing. I I wanted to ask you if you've actually, with regard, because I'm trying to put something together in my own mind there's big correlations going on here between fear and negativity and 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 uh, the people that experience this sort of thing. I wanted to know, because you've managed to be in contact with a lot more cases and people, I wanted to know how many of those people are actually in a middle to upper class bracket. Do you see what I mean? Like, like, um, how many of them would would you say were the working class American or British, or how many of them would be middle and how many of them would, would, for example, come from money? Because it seems to me, in every case that I've seen, it always seems to be an average working class family that's somehow having a bit of a struggle, that's somehow experiencing some negativity. The neighborhood that I used to live in, it was a pleasant neighborhood, but it was government housing. Every day was a struggle. Not for me. I was a kid. I had good parents, good people looking after me, but the struggle was real for them. So much so, they worked so hard that I didn't see it, you know? So, there was probably a lot of negativity in the air. The guy next door to me, he lived alone. Um... I don't know if he was a weird guy or whatever, but he certainly didn't seem to, you know, have long conversations with us and friendly conversations like we did with our other neighbors. Um, so I don't know if he was going through something. There just seems, I'm just digging, you know, just trying to find something there because I feel like, again, this this synchronicity, this uh, parallel that you managed to make in your movie to do with pop culture and the top hat and the just the hat kind of demon guy, you got the Freddy Krueger, you've got the guy from Poltergeist, you got the guy from remember who framed Roger Rabbit at the end, uh, Christopher Lloyd character. Yes, <laughs> you know, like you got that, that was real scary. I wonder. If with all these, what people would like to call demons and so on, I'm not dispelling it. You know, I, I I respect other people's beliefs. But in my journey throughout this, I would like to subscribe to the belief that this is somehow a phenomena or a science that we are just yet to understand. You know, if you take... If you were to take a helicopter back a 1,000 years, those guys would think you were a god, you know? If you were to show some of our technology now to some people that are f- three, 4,000 years prior to us, they would think it was witchcraft. It's a science. Now, that doesn't mean that, let's say, we did have the ability to travel back we wouldn't be malevolent with it and and fuck with some people's heads. Well, I've got a Pakistani friend in the UK. He's one of my best friends. And obviously, being Pakistani, he's Muslim. And I learned about the jinns through them. And he told me about them. and You know, perhaps how you're not meant to talk about them so much. Otherwise, they'll come X, Y, Z. But one thing stuck out with me. They said they like trees and water and every every family has got their own folklore about different things they've got their own beliefs that you know pe- people even with religion people take it in in different in different ways but that always stuck with me and i wondered why was this guy down in the grass by a tree why you know why does why do these guys seem to hang around in in damp places and and not i, I don't know i just thought there was something with it I, i'm trying to understand the correlation between negativity, bad vibes, a science that we don't understand. And there seems to be a synchronicity with the pop culture. There seems to be something coming from the TV telling our subconscious mind that villains wear top hats, And I wonder, is that a higher agenda or something like that? You know, um, I ne- I used to laugh at the whole reptilian thing. I used to I used to think God, that was Grand Theft Auto stuff. You know, you ever play that game? It, they, they just take oh, yeah. the piss out of reptilians and people that <laughs> believe in reptilians. And you goddamn reptilian, you chase that, that stuff. And um, I, I used to think that was crazy. And then I saw it in your in your documentary and I thought, hold on. People, there's a conspiracy that reptilians run the world. I don't know. This is where I get lost, you know, this is this is I just find when I watched your movie today, I found so many synchronicities with things that I've been somehow researching and looking at. And I, I think there's a form of there's a science to it. There's a I, it, I, it could be it is a natural phenomena, I, f- I feel. And just because I bring in the word science, it doesn't make it any less spiritual, I don't think. It doesn't dispel things like God. Um, but I, I feel that when people mention the fourth dimension, the fifth dimension and other realms, there are many, many scientists out there, many physicians, sorry, ph- physicists that would um, straight up say, yeah, that's entirely possible. In fact, I believe in that they might not say it on the world stage because you know they'll their name will get a, a bit hard but they'll say it and some of them write books about it they don't care about their name getting tarnished so i'm trying to go along that road partly because it's less scary um but also i i feel there might be something i've had success somehow in fighting these things off they've come They've, they've always been there, the old hag and sleep paralysis and things in the room in my adult life. And when I started doing something else, they, they stopped bothering me. And it seems to sync up with this whole thing of they like negativity and what's on the TV and, and what we watch and uh, billboards and things on billboards and certain things that you see in it. Even like if you go incognito on Google Chrome, the first thing you see is a dude in a top hat. With what seems to be those round eyes, and I mean, that's that's pretty much what I saw. If you go incognito on on Google Chrome, you see this top hat dude show up, and to remain hidden, to look like that, I, I don't know. It, is there any sense to to what I am saying? I know I am going on a bit here. Oh,
0: absolutely. Um, yeah. To answer your first question, there is, there is a there the main I guess you would say um constant. That I came up with is, there was a couple of upper upper class people, but the majority of it was middle class people, um, maybe lower middle class was the people that seen the Hat Man, um, but there was there's there was never anything that came up that was like it had to happen in order for them to see the Hat Man or experience the Hat Man. It to me it seems like this entity was um, is its own being, its own consciousness, whatever you want to call it. And it can just choose out of its free will, however it wants to approach people. But the, I guess you would say the closest thing to being the main constant, the main denominator would be some form of, it's called preemptive programming, what you're talking about, and it's called uh, subliminal messaging. It's also called matrix projecting. That's kind of what I call it, the last one sometimes, um, where it seems that these entities know how to influence media creators um, television shows writers filmmakers even musicians on a subconscious level so it's not like they're doing anything bad it's just that they're either tapping into something or that thing is tapping into them and what ends up happening is is you really get almost an exact not maybe not exactly but because there's still a, a white noise that their messages go through through our minds so they, they, they won't get a the filmmakers might not get it exactly right, but there will be a projection from the fourth dimension into the third dimension that's put in media purposely out there because anything that's kind of in the background goes automatically into the into the subconscious. And if it goes into the subconscious, um, I don't know if you know this, but 95 of, 95% of everything you do is a result of subconscious programs, yeah. So if it goes into the subconscious, Now the entity or entities can work even easier um, at manifesting in your life. Um, What I do want to touch on, though, is the old hag experiences. But before I go there, I did come up with a new theory on what I think the hat man is. And I've been saying it on some radio shows and podcasts. I'm going to read it for you. And I want you to give me your thoughts on it. And then people, um, let's see, people could um, take it or leave it. But this is from my um, research, what I believe the hat man is to be based on everyone's everyone's probably almost everything put together so basically the um what or who is the hat man and i have written down the answer um what i think it is so the hat man or shadow man is a high-ranking evil inhuman interdimensional sentinel being that has attached itself and chooses to manifest in human form um it has actually attached itself to an archetype an image that of a tall, silhouetted man in an old-fashioned hat, in turn projecting that image from the fourth dimension into our simulated-slash-matrix reality to the global populace using quote-unquote pop culture as a vehicle to generate a global thought form, a sigil, a, a false god delusion, an illusion as if to be everywhere at once but can only be at one place at one time. To gain access to the majority of the subconscious of human beings, where everyone is feeding into this thought form slash consciousness, um, their worst fear, anxiety, depression, death, everything bad, giving strength to this djinn, demon, fallen angel, alien, interdimensional alien, whatever you want to call it, in order to enter dreams, astral states, or even our simulated reality, which is the waking life, to do the bidding of some compromised human beings with contracts with it or feed off of local and global human beings as an energy or so- energy source feasting off their fear again depression or bad home situations other times when it crosses over into this dimension it is an observer or silent spectator with no good motives but to operate through lies and deception so when I when I accumulated everybody's um Answers on what they thought the hat man was synchronicities that came to me also um, Some of it from the dark side, but some of it also from the you would call it the God consciousness Some people call it the I amness. I got messages from there as well It was almost like I was being used to kind of expose this thing because everyone else before me that tried to make a documentary about this or movie Was automatically threatened by the Hatman, like literally the first week of shooting. He would appear in the room I never had that happen I've had attacks and dream attacks, but I never had a physical manifestation. Well, I kind of take that back. Not, I I mean, I was there, but I didn't see him. I can get into that um, also. But basically, there seemed to be this synchronistic way of, it, it opens this door to everything else. If you research the hat man, you're going to go down the rabbit hole of reptilians. You're going to go down the rabbit hole of conspiracy theories. You're going to go down the rabbit hole of, the origins of the universe consciousness and awareness because that's what it's connected to um and it's very it's it was very fascinating actually to me but it is a dark subject it is the dark side of um you would call it god's shadow kind of but it's weird because in perfect harmony and perfect love in perfect the i amness which is like what the old testament talks about and i believe muslims talk about this too as well there's this um perfect love in there where these evil things don't exist. What really happened is a lot of these things came out of the I amness and rebelled and did their own kind of thing. And that's where whatever kind of state you're vibrating at is what you kind of fall into. It's almost as if there was a whole bunch of these species that lived in God. And when you when they go out of God, they can become a quote unquote, fallen angel. And it's interesting you talk about, um, in my film and in your own research, you found that it's all over pop culture. It does seem that um, an entity took notice of a thought form, or egregore, you would call it, or tulpa, of this top man in a hat being mysterious. And he took notice of that, looked looked at that, and has now attached itself to that thought form. Because the global hive mind is more, um, is more powerful than, I guess you would say, a, a, an entity would be. But if it could attach itself to a thought form global mind, it it almost can be an illusion as if it's everywhere at once. I like to tell people that it's kind of like a false, um, what you would call Holy Spirit, if you want to talk in the Christian terms. There is like a spirit of God out there, and it almost as if this dark side is mimicking that. Because a lot of people say that when they see the hat man, they go oh my God, it's the devil, and they start saying, I know it, I can feel it in my bones. Not everybody, but um, a lot of people say that, and I think it's because it seems that there's a dark side and a reverse, a reversal of the light side, and if there is something called the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but if you take away all the spiritual connotations to it, if it's just the Godhead, it seems that this dark consciousness is mimicking that, where if you do research... Um, alien stuff there seems to be this lucifer character in alien archaeology or there seems to, or just human history lucifer type character and then there's also this spiritual kind of element that comes into it where i think the hatman is kind of like this false holy spirit thing and then on the other side of that you have the antichrist which would be the opposite of the christ and that is where it gets kind of interesting but um what are your thoughts on the hatman being a projection of, into the subconscious what do you what are your thoughts on that
1: i i was you can tell by now i i talk a lot i was i was very much resisting breaking <clears throat> your um breaking your conversation there but everything you every time i i i sort of went to go oh yeah you you came up with something that again uh correlates and and synchronizes with with stuff I've been coming across lately. I'm not sure at the moment in my life right now. I am not entirely sure what I subscribe to as a belief system of what life is, of what a higher power is. The one thing I can say is I do believe there is a a higher power. Uh, People call it God. You know, um, I don't think it's a split thing. I don't think it's many gods. I I feel like when there is a religion that says, oh, there's, you know, like Hinduism, for example, different gods and, you know, uh, Norse uh, mythology, where there's gods and demigods. I feel that may have been a name for things that were experienced and seen at the time, but the actual higher power, I believe in that. Now that coming to answer your question, do I believe that, and that this guy could be a manifestation of the, the hive mind, subconscious of the world, the universe, etc.? I've recently been looking at the idea of the universe trying to experience itself through us. As in, we have five senses and we can't. If you ask any scientist any any scientist now, the one thing they will pretty much all concur on is that you cannot disprove the simulation theory you cannot disprove the collective conscious theory because the only reality that we know the only proof that we have is our five senses you know is is our brain saying yeah that that feels like that that looks like that that smells like that this and we put them all together and we we play it like a musical instrument so intricately and well that we take it for granted and we don't see it anymore. We just experience it. If you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. if that is true, if, if, if the universe is just trying to experience itself through being a tree, through being a bug, through being a human being, then that means that subconscious is real. I Shakespeare, I think therefore I am right. If you have a dream and there is a character in that dream and there's a guy in that dream and there's a, you get on the bus, there's a bus driver and he says something to you. Is, If this theory is real, then surely that bus driver is real. He's in a little universe somewhere. Then surely, yeah, this things can, if we can dream of something, if we can bring something up. and we're all one conscious, then the more people that think of this thing, the more stronger it will get and the heavier it will get. And the more depth of character, the more 3D it will get. Um, however, I, I also feel like, you know, I, I told you who I was trying to get in touch with in, in LA and, 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 you know what, 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 what they're doing with um. UFOs and, and, and UAPs and, and and all that phenomena, and I'm also looking at that. I'm I have a very open mind these days, you know. Uh, David Wilcock, David Icke, things like that. I you know I take it all with a pinch of salt, but I try to keep an open mind. I'm not about to go out there and say, oh, you know, where the ev- where the world is run by reptilians and they're trying to make us. Be fearful and da da da, da. Uh, I'm not going to go out and, and, and do that because one, I, I, it's not my 100% belief. I look up, I think the sky is blue. If I believed that theory as, mu- as much as I believe the sky was blue, yeah, I, you can bet your ass I'd be running out and saying it. But, you know, I just keep an open mind because I, I also have an open mind about Jesus. I have a very open mind about Islam as well. I've lived in, in the Middle East for. for more than 10 years now um and another synchronicity there i've never ever had a bad experience out here you know in the morning 5 a.m you can hear morning prayers going off from the mosque it's a very you know for people that are not from the middle east they're western people and they live right opposite a mosque i can imagine it's it's, it's not exactly pleasing to the ear but it's quite a cathartic sound it's quite a soothing sound it's quite it's quite um comforting and there is something in islam that says at ramadan it says this in the quran to i'm not citing the quran here but it does um somehow along these lines say that the jinn's are locked up or put away or something like that in ramadan and i, I just feel like I just feel so much less spiritually threatened out here than I did back in the UK, you know, because I feel people's faith is very, obviously very, very strong out here. It's unquestionable, you know, um, the amount of people that go to the mosque here compared to the amount, per square mile that go to church in the UK is just, you know, it it's such a huge contrast not a lot of people go to church anymore in the uk i'm sure if you went or i'm sure if you went to church on a sunday in the uk you'd see a lot of people in there but you'd see a hell of a lot more people on a sunday doing something else you know and i feel getting back to your collective consciousness thing that that has a lot to do with it um and we're talking about negative and positive energy that's why when people say Jesus is the savior, or something. That's a great thing if you want to save that. that. That's that's a very positive message. The light, the the Lord, the the love. And if there's one thing that somehow saved me from from having these experiences, I can't remember where I saw it or where I heard it, but it was to use love as a weapon. Uh, and that's that that's kind of a double-edged sword. Not really as so much of a weapon, but as something that counters these experiences. So I tried it with the old hag and it worked and I felt stronger. Uh, my first thing was to fight and just to say, you know, get away from me. I'm not scared and lose fear. And that that worked to a degree because obviously if these things are hungry, if they are... Um, if they're, uh, they seem to be feeding somehow off of a negative energy, it's always a negative energy, and it seems to always happen when people are in a negative place, um, then if you haven't got that negative energy, if you, have, if you don't have that fear, one thing I noticed about your movie was no one, not one person seemed to attack the top hat man. I mean, I don't blame them. Everyone's got their own character. I'd like to think that if he was in my house, standing over my baby, I would, I would rugby tackle that guy. However, that's a bold statement, considering who this guy is meant to be. Would you do it if you caught in the moment? I know that when I was stood in front of him when I was seven years old, uh, you know, I, I was super scared that I couldn't move. But right now, I just feel like. I feel like if you come to me I'm I'm going to I'm going to take you out. I I, I don't care cuz another thing about this whole divine consciousness thing is that apparently we are a divine power. We are we have unlimited power. We we are so powerful at who who we really are. And I feel like why don't we just tap into that? You know, this whole it's belief. And this brings me to the last time I feel like I may have seen this guy. I was doing a whole spell of astral projecting, like a, a time where I was doing it recently. Um, and it always crosses over with my lucid dreaming. I I would lucid dream. I would astral project. And I, could, I, I could never really figure out which one was which. When I, When I'm astral projecting, I always try to look back at the bed to see if I can see my body there. And like one out of 10 times I do like, Oh yeah, that one time. So that's why I feel I've only astral projected about three to five times in my entire life. Um, Cause I've only seen my, my, my body like three to five times out of the hundreds of times I've, I've done something like that. But I, I woke up one time in my house where I am living now and I went downstairs and the lights were on and I must've been having an afternoon nap or something. And I went downstairs and I went to the, the dining table and that and that's the first time I've ever felt this. And I felt this before I watched your movie. But you know that horrible, dark energy that they all talk about in the movie? That absolute terror of your soul? That came up. Uh, and it, was, it almost had like a deep, 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 deep bass sound with it. You know, like a... Yeah. I was like, whoa, what is that? And I stopped being able to move. It was like I was in a swamp that was hidden. It was like, whoa. And I was stuck at the edge of the table and I looked and it was the dude that everyone describes. And I was like, oh my God, that's him. But at the same time, I've been conditioning my mind for so long to fucking kill this guy. Because I don't know, my subconscious mind just wants to do that. And I I managed to grab him. And just before I go any further, what I managed to grab was, uh, yeah, fedora. But it was more like a like a guy in a spy jacket, like um, you know that movie Watchmen, the character of Rorschach, I think it is. He's in that kind of you know that private eye kind of jacket. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, he's got the the fedora on and. His head was green, very spherical, almost like a balloon. Uh, but the eyes were um, the eyes were yellow, right? But it was almost like this it's almost like his head was a like a like a kid's school project, like paper mache, you know? Like he'd made it. But the eyes were yellow and it, and i grabbed him and he floated he didn't walk he he kind of walked, like he levitated back to the wall and he managed to get halfway through the wall and i held on to the fucker and i said you fool. and i was i was just getting at him i was so angry at him I was like, yeah. and he just wanted to get away and he got away and then i woke up um and that i feel was a lucid dream i don't feel that was an astral projection either But then I've been on an astral projection site on Facebook, like a big community, and they're all saying, no, no, astral projection and lucid dreaming are the same thing, bro. You just got to understand fourth dimensions and stuff a little bit better. Oh, okay, I've got an open mind. But then I watched your movie, and then it made me double guess. I feel a lot of the stuff that people have to do with the top hat guy is in retrospect. They have an experience... It affects them to the point that maybe they do not talk about it, but it sticks with them. And then curiosity gets the better of them, and then they find out stuff, and then in retrospect, they manage to make a conclusion, and that's what's happening to me now.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry if I keep saying, oh, wow, people, but it's just really amazing that it's just like it lines up with so much of my research as well. It's it's like... um in a strange way it's almost like a it's almost like you know when people have an experience let's say like they're trying to sell drugs or something they end up in jail and then they always say that was the experience that helped me turn around it seems like sometimes with the hatman not with everybody it's probably a soul choice it's um you have a horrible experience with these entities and then you make the soul choice of how you're going to grow from it and what you learn from it and that's how well, that's what it sounds like their path that you're on now to true enlightenment because not that you needed it but if you didn't have this experience you probably wouldn't question a lot of things what do you think about that is that true for you
1: yeah I, I mean coming up to where i am today sitting in the chair talking with you i mean if i if someone told me five years ago you'd be on a podcast talking about uh twilight zone type stuff i think well, that's cool. Are we are we riding the movie? And then they said, "No, you're talking about Twilight Zone stuff that people are starting to believe in." I thought, oh fuck! I know I'm not a crazy, and I'm not a crazy guy. I mean, <laughs> at university, people used to call me Crazy Ben, but that's for a different reason. <laughs> I, I'm not. <laughs> you know, I I walk the line. You got David. You got David Ike out there right now, trying to blow a whistle on 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 what they call the deep state. Oh yeah. You know, I'm not out to, I'm not out against the deep state or the illuminati or whatever, whatever they've got planned. If Bill Gates wants to give us a, <laughs> a, a freaking vaccine that keeps us all under control, hey, can I? The way things have been going in the world, this, so many years. If it has been like that and we're all running in a George Orwell society, but it's been rather relaxed, I'm cool with it. But at the same time, if if David Icke wins and and blah 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 and David Wilcock says that Donald Trump's going to you know make those mass arrests and everyone's going then I'm also cool with that because for me I'm just walking the line and I feel like a lot of these things are out of my control what I am in control of is how I feel about them and and how I how I resonate and how my vibration is I believe in vibrations I believe in things like that align the chakra etc um and I've, like you said, has, has, has it, um, ha, have my experiences given me some sort of spiritual awakening? Yeah. I've had in the last 10 years, I've had such a huge change in who I am. I've had vices. I've had addictions. And I went through therapy for some of those and hypnosis and and I dealt with the top hat thing in the hypnosis and the therapy and, and it was recently that I, that I had the a hypnosis thing where I did the top hat thing and, and I just realized, yeah, you are, you are powerful. If, if you are a brain with five senses and you cannot prove your reality is real, then if ultimately you're in charge of your reality. And it's your vibration. It's how you react to the world. It's, it's how, and if there's one thing that's very, 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 very present right now on anyone on the internet that's trying to speak to the world in the way that the world is right now, there, there's a lot of messages of love. There's a lot of messages of stay positive. And that for me, that works. Much better than how I used to. I used to be a very negative person. I used to be extremely I didn't know it. no one ever does when they're a negative person. you, you know, you believe actually you're a positive person, but then you see how you affect other people. and then you I, it takes a while to turn around from that and but it's a strange thing, Carl, because I, I also feel if I had never have had that experience as a young boy, I would have never have gone on this journey. I would have never tried to research it. I would have never have blamed that experience for all the things that I that I've done and ex you know, like so maybe it did enlighten me somewhat. I know I'm very <laughs> I know I'm very uh I, I I never seem to directly answer your question. No, no, I
0: no, I believe you do. Huh.
1: You know what i mean it's 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 like it's just one of those things where you're ultimately in control it's the way you react to it you know it would be absolutely terrible for example if if something terrible happened tomorrow and it's so easy for me to sit here and say oh it's how you react to it it's You know, you've got to control that. Whereas when you react to something, you don't you're not in control. But the mind is such a powerful thing. And I've learned that, you know. If you sit there and you you surround yourself with 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 negativity. It's going to magnify. It's going to always be there. And like you said, 95% of your daily life is run by subconscious. If you are really sad about something, yet you're saying, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy. You're saying that to your subconscious, and your subconscious will believe blindly whatever you put in there. So later on, when something terrible does happen, subconsciously, your reaction will be, a better reaction, a more positive reaction, a better way of dealing with something. So maybe when I saw this top hat dude in my lucid dream or astral projection or whatever uh, about, uh, like, what was it, two months ago, maybe I had conditioned myself to deal with it in such a way and I was at the time what I felt to be more powerful. You know? I was really apprehensive about about, about having this chat with you and i feel like when uh, when we press stop and we say goodbye and i have to go walk into my dark bedroom maybe you know whatever but deep in my mind in in my in my soul in my in my subconscious all i have is everything that i've conditioned myself to d- to deal with that you know love fight it show that you're more powerful and ultimately don't give something what it wants if you're was a there was a book that i read uh as a kid i think it was called boy it was by an author called roald dahl he was a amazing very famous children's author but he wrote a couple of books about his um his life growing up in africa Uh, i think it was africa at least um and he said when he was young one of the maids in the house got taken by a lion like a, a lion came up and grabbed her he was hungry Thought, okay, she looks good. Boom, he got her. And he's taken her away, and she starts playing dead in his his jaws. And she just goes limp. And the lion puts her down, sniffs her a bit, claws her around a bit, and then just runs off. Because lions apparently like their meat fresh. And this lion thought she was dead. And that's a primitive, basic animal. And Kyle, I don't know if you're hungry right now. Are you hungry right now? (laughs) Not really. (laughs) If anyone's hungry, and I mention a cheeseburger or a nice pizza or your favorite food, this basic instinct inside you is going to go, I want that. So what I'm saying is this thing that comes to people at night and likes to scare them, and it's pretty obvious that they feed off of this that's their food, that's their basic instinct to scare. What's going to happen if you take away what they want? They're not going to be interested in you. That lion wasn't interested in her because she took away what she knew it wanted. A live person, a fresh person, a fresh a fresh body or whatever. You know. So I, my logic was just don't give them what they want and they'll try and get it out of you. But just, just, just don't give it to them. It's a, it's almost like a mind game. And that, and the funny thing is, are you playing that mind game with yourself? Because a lot of people out there, in fact, ninety five, ninety nine percent of people will say, "This guy's crazy. It's all in your head anyway. It's all in your mind anyway." A lot of people will say that. Um. So this takes me to my experience with the old hag. Everyone that has experienced the old hag has experienced someone sitting on them while they're asleep. Someone, if they've seen her, I've never actually seen her, like full on. I've seen her knees, I've seen her shoulders, I've seen her hair, but I've never seen her full on. She's very common for me. I I would be asleep and I I would hear something in the room, I would hear footsteps, and then I would feel... The worst one was when I, I felt this person sit they actually sat on me while I was sleeping and I was like what the hell and I was in sleep paralysis and they sat on me and then I worked up the, the courage and 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 just to go ah, and break out of it anyway that didn't seem to work one night she, I, I say she because it always seems to be a woman comes in I'm in sleep paralysis and I hear this, this, this kind of old lady laughing. And he- he- he. she crawls on top of the bed. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. She goes, he- he- he. she crawls on on top of me and comes a little closer. And she's right in my face now. She starts going for my ribs, like with her long fingers and her nails starting to dig into my ribs. It's like half tickling, half hurting. And she's laughing right in my ear. Go, he- he- he. And I'm suppressing the fear and the, oh, the terror. And I'm like, hold on, Ben. And I said, at first, I just tried to laugh back at her and go, ha, ha, ha. And then she tried even harder. She goes, ha, And I was like, okay. Suppressed. It. And I, a lot of people that are listening right now might laugh. I said, I love you. I said, I love you. I love you so much. And I didn't mean I love her. Like, I could marry this old hag. What I meant was... In the world of matter and science and blah, 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 the whole universe, if we're a connected universe, if we're a connected hive mind, all this theory of the universe being one thing, then if there's a planet galaxies and galaxies away, light light years away, and there's a tree on that planet, one thing that we will say is everything in the whole universe is made of matter, right? If I'm made of matter and that tree is made of matter, then surely me and that tree are the same. one, the one and the same. Do I love myself? Yeah. Do I love that tree? Yeah. Okay, we're all the same. We're all one. One belly, one set of eyes. That, that kind of mindset. That's where I was saying I love you to her. Because if she is in this universe, then surely she is somehow made of matter as well. And I wasn't saying it from a scientific perspective specifically there is a spiritual perspective to it but it worked i said i love you and somehow she tried again and she and she just her nails suddenly were less digging into me and i said i love you and i managed to free my arms and i managed to try and hug her and then she just disappeared and they didn't come back for the longest time every now and then i'll hear a footstep in my bedroom when i'm sleep paralysis Sometimes I'll, my subconscious will just grab at the nearest thing that makes me comfortable. Sometimes it'll go, oh, Jesus, or oh, God. But a lot of the time I'll just go, I love you. It's okay. What do you want? What's wrong? Why do you, what do you need? How can I help you? Like, and they just seem to disappear. And it's a funny thing because that's also what happens in your waking life, if you say you love yourself, all your demons disappear. It's, um, dude, I can't remember what the question was. I'm really a long talkie and you're very polite. <laughs> we're not, uh, interjecting sooner, but does, again, I'll ask you, does, is what I'm saying, uh, adding up?
0: Oh, absolutely. There's, um, it's, a like what you're talking about. I've been learning that as well. Um, There's a lot of books I'm reading about the quantum fields and that we're made out of these particles and majority of it is empty space, you know? So then that means what is everything else? (laughs) It's, it's like, um, basically we're all energy and then what you're talking about, the old hag, that's also energy too. Um, but I kind of want to go a little deeper into that real quick before I let you go. Maybe like another, maybe 30 minutes or 15 minutes. Is that okay? All right, cool. So, the old hag, how many times have you seen her? Because even when you're just talking about her, it, like, on my end, like, your voice shorted out a little bit, and then there was other weird things that happened. And I know for, not a fact, I don't want to say a fact, but I know from my research, the old hag seems to be also like the hat man. But it's interesting because you said you grew up in the U.K., correct? And it's interesting... Oh, okay, um... It's interesting because when I researched the old hag a long time ago, and I even have a book. Where is it? Oh, I can't see it from where I'm at. But it's a book basically on sleep prowess, but specifically the old hag. And it's typically a, a UK kind of ex, um, experience. Uh, it's experienced all over the world, but it's kind of conjugated and focused on the UK as where it started. They called it, um, oh, you had, you've been hagged. And that's where nightmare came from, as you probably know. Nightmare means literally night hag or night demon. And then also, um, even in Harry Potter, Hagrid, that's based off of real phenomena. You know, they used to say that, oh, you've been Hagrid or you've been hagged. Um, so
1: how have you, um, how many times have you experienced this old hag? Um, I never used to count. And I feel like if I did, I would have lost count by now. Whoa. You know, like... uh. But it was always different. It was always... Sometimes it was a footstep. For the longest time, around between the age of 14 to 17, maybe 18, definitely I would just be paralyzed in bed and I would feel someone sit on me. And they would sit there. And I never thought it was a hag or a woman. And then I... And then one time I saw some hair like wave like scraggly hair like like this person has never brushed their hair like they're a bag lady or something like a homeless lady uh and then i i i saw like someone shuffle in one night like a shadow go past but it was crooked over and, and again like because when you're i don't anyone that's been paralyzed sleep paralysis you can't even move your eyeballs you know so if, you're, if you ever see a person asleep with their eyes open and they're, they're sort of, they're looking, that can happen when you have sleep paralysis and your eyes are sort of half open. You can't look left or right. You might be able to see the window and you try to look left, but you can't. You just see the corner of the window. I had sleep paralysis once. I was on the couch and my mum walked past me. And an, a, a way that I break out of sleep paralysis, the easiest way to break out of it is to start snoring is to stop like that and somehow the noise of you snoring wakes you up so that, that's one thing you somehow can control you just start breathing really heavy um, a lot of people say they can't breathe during sleep paralysis so i think that's a subconscious thing that's just fear i i've learned that every time you wake up out of sleep paralysis you you've ne- you're never out of breath or i'm i'm certainly not out of breath therefore the not breathing thing seems to be an illusion and I I deal with it much better now. But her, going back to her, the old hag, I just, she became so common to me that I started fighting her a long time ago. Like I started saying, fuck you, like whatever, like just, just I'm not scared, you again, that sort of thing a long time ago. Because... The more you see the monster in the horror movie, the less scared of the horror movie you are. You know what I mean? Like, it was just. But it was times when I would be telling ghost stories with my friends or whatever, and they that she would come back a little stronger. You know. Um, <sighs> after having that message from you, hey, I want to be on the podcast, going to talk about some shit. the The other night. When I was in bed, my my daughter's been waking up a lot recently. Like she 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 has restless nights. So my wife goes into her room and 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 you know just beds in with her. So I'm in the room on my own. And yeah, the sheets on my bed started getting tugged, like pulled off me. Like in like and I, and I couldn't be sure whether I was in a a like a. An astral state, like a lucid state, or actually awake, but the sheets were getting pulled off me, and it felt real. And it, when something like that happens to me, well, it only happened to me once the other night, but it, it didn't. It, the, my first reaction was not fear; it was inconvenience. It was like these fucking things taking the fucking sheets again. Give my sheets back. And then I had the thought, "Who's doing that?" And as I had that thought, she came. I thought, God, and then you kind of go into like a kneaded clod. I became paralyzed again. I was oh, shit. That's the fear. And she's right by the side of the bed. And I, I saw the kind of silhouette of her walking. She seems to be wearing like a potato sack as a coat or something, like some old raggedy clothes. Like I said, you never see the full figure. Maybe some people do. But again, I, I just kind of... I say, what do you want? I got nothing for you. Can I help you? Like I, I always come from this position of, Hey, you need something like I'm giving them counsel and they just, they just, no, they're not interested in me at that point. And then I can sleep again. You know, some people that have had really bad experiences, like the people in your movie, I don't know what I, What I'd do if I rolled over and the smiling man was face to face with me. I'd like to think I'd grab him by the throat and headbutt him. But I don't know. You know, like, I feel these things are bullies, you know, and I I used to get bullied as a kid. And now when I see a bully, I I have to hold back because I really want to bully the bully. So, but these things, I don't know. They lose interest in me. A big influence on the way I dealt with them early on was uh, Bruce Lee. I remember that Bruce Lee movie, Dragon, the the biopic of him, and and he he defeated his demon in the end, and he you know he just believed in himself, and he just de- defeated this guy, and he was worried that he passed his demons on to his children. And I thought, yeah, dude, you've got to somehow do that. You've got to go on that journey. Um. But yeah, how many times have I seen her? Countless times to the point that when I see her and when she's there, I'm not threatened. I don't feel threatened. It's there. It's very much there. But like scale of one to 100, it's like two to 5%. I feel like I, I can't deal with it. But then I'm like, oh, what do you, you know, it's like I communicate with it. When I was a kid, I was scared of Freddy Krueger. And the way I got around that was I made him my imaginary friend. And when other shit used to come and freak me out, I used to say, "Yeah, get him, Freddy!" Like, it that was just my way of dealing with things. I watched that movie Beetlejuice, and I used to, I used to try and say his name as much as I could to summon him. But this is, you know, when I was a kid, and I maybe that's my way of dealing with it in 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 real life. Like, make them your friend, get on their level, or um raise your vibration, you know, apparently they vibrate at a lower level. And if you're just constantly communicating with love and high vibrations, then you just descend it. You know, there, there's so many ways you can look at it. But right now, like if I had to have this conversation with you two to five years back, I'd be shaking right now. I'd be shuddering. I would, and I have done that with therapists. I've had that conversation and i have started shaking and at one point when i was having a conversation with a, with a therapist the top hat dude was in the corner of the room i couldn't see him but i could feel him sitting there and i really started shaking and not being able to breathe Um you know i don't know man it's it's a real I'm not in control of these things, but I am in control of me. And that's the best, that's the best thing I can do. And once I think, once people realize that, maybe they get a better hold of it.
0: Absolutely. You know, I could relate to the whole um, hat man being in the therapist thing. That's really interesting. And that's happened to people too, where they just sense him. Or sometimes in their mind's eye, they can see him there, even though they can't see him physically there and that's almost like a threat like it's like oh you're talking about me just someone else well i know about it now that's exactly what he's trying to throw at you but i do relate to that because as i was making the film trying to complete it trying to edit it um i mean i've done short films in the past i mean i can get it done fairly quickly and efficiently but there was a lot of things pushing me back from finishing it i was having troubles at work Um, different traumas were happening that happened throughout making the film and I got to a point where I was starting to get upset and then entertaining these dark dark thoughts right and then I'm like where are these thoughts coming from and I was getting all this depression and stuff and then I started telling my mom about it and I I I had a therapist too and um I would tell her about and there was a lot of good transformation that took place but in this occurrence um there was things happening in my life where I was really upset with people and I felt like um, in, in hindsight, this hat man was nearby or something because there was an incident where I was just like, oh, I was just mad. And then I was going down a spiral of just anxiety and depression and anger to the point where um, I was getting these messages in my head like, well, just join our side and we'll take them out for you real quick. We'll kill them. And then I'm just like, oh, that sounds nice, <laughs> but you know, on it being honest, you know, as a human being, and I had these, a lot of these thoughts, like, oh, well, that person did that to you. Well, just cross over to our side, and we'll take them out. Promise, you will take them out. And I've studied the dark side enough where I was rarely entertained by that because I know they would. Um, I don't know if you've heard other interviews, but I talked to people who are like ex occultists, ex warlocks, and they had deals with this hat man. They had. Um, You would call them deals, but it's like they meet with you in the room, just like as if they were to meet with you physically or even an astral projection or even lucid dreaming, and you make a contract with these entities. So there was a lot of those thoughts, and then there was one time where I'm like, I can't take it. I don't know what to do, and I was telling my mom, and then she's kind of psychic, kind of medium. She's kind of um, prophetic as well, and she's all like, everything you're saying, Shaw, I can just sense. She's all, the hat man's like listening, and he's like in the room right now and, like, he's the one giving you these thoughts, and then I stopped, and I'm, like, it just clicked, like, I had a little bit of, like, um, clarity, like, that is what's happening, and I can feel it kind of, like, on the other side going, damn it, like, I almost had him to cross over, because the minute that you cross over to the dark side, and you make these things, um, not like, what, not making your friend, not make them your friend, like, what you say, like, dealing with it, I'm talking about where you have, like, a blood covenant with these things, and you and you're sending them out to people and you're killing people with witchcraft the minute you do that um it's it's gonna turn on you and now they have full reign on you and they could take you anytime they want you're basically theirs for the taking unless the great god consciousness um says so but if you're making that conscious choice to go to that side it's it's basically a trap it's like it, it, it's a trap um but i can relate to that where it seems that you don't have to always see the hat man so-called hat man it's you could sense him and he sends a lot of thoughts too like for example um when i first researched this hat man phenomena i mean i kid you not i'd be up all night or if i woke up in the middle of the night three in the morning i'd be excited like oh, okay i'm bored i'll just look up my research that i've been doing and i'd research the hat man phenomena like three in the morning two in the morning i'd write down some theories i had i would interview people i would read people's stories constantly i, I got the books, shadow people books different things like that And um, I wasn't afraid of it at all. And so that's what led me into this um, journey of making the documentary. And all I got the whole time was people saying, you're not scared of this, you're not scared of this? And I was like, no, it's actually very interesting. And then it's very interesting now after I completed the film, no fear whatsoever, research, nothing whatsoever. I'll, I'll I'll be about to go to sleep and then I'll get the thought of like, what if he appears in my closet? What if I wake up and he's looming right over me? What if he's in the corner? And then being an observer of my thoughts and everything, I'm like, where are these thoughts coming from? And it seems that sometimes it could be, um, because I do suffer from anxiety and depression too, it seems like it could be the disorder, just speaking, but sometimes it could be literally a dark entity on the other side implanting those thoughts because then it could operate on those thoughts it's almost like wherever you don't give your attention it can't operate on that so if if i'm not giving it attention like what i said subconsciously that's why they put it in the subconscious because if you're not giving them attention they can't really operate and i've noticed that where um i was um have you heard of gang stalking before yeah i don't know if i should tell you um a uh, l- little bit, but not really. Basically there's this whole community out there, just like the Hatman community, but there's a whole community out there of people saying that they're being stalked by people and they're being cut off purposely by people and it's like this organized what you would call gang stalking, organized crime just against you for some reason, and you have no idea why. So a good example of Um not really. So it's like on a smaller scale. It's a weird phenomena. I think it's something spiritual and it's weird because I experienced it while making the film. It's directly connected to the hatman, the jin, shadow people. So for example, a good like I guess a subtle case of gang stalking. That's what they call it, but I believe it to be demonic um demonic Oh my gosh, I'm losing my train of thought. And usually when I lose my train of thought, that means something's trying to intervene, usually. It's uh, harassment. There we go, I got it. It's I think it's demonic harassment. So what happens is some people might think this as a bad day or a crazy person, whatever, but it's actually a real phenomena. So you go to work and then at work, you know, let's say you work at like a Ralph's or something or a, a, a food store and you keep giving the wrong change to people. And you're like, what's going on? I, I'm usually good at my job. I don't know what's going on. So as you so as you clock out and you're leaving, um, you know, some the manager says, oh, you forgot to clean that um, water that was spilled on aisle four, or whatever. And you go, oh my gosh, I would never forget to do that. And he's and then he gives you a hard time about it. And you're all man, I just have a lot of bad luck today. And then when you walk out in the parking lot, some car just cuts right in front of you real quick. And then the license plate has a number on it, 333 or something, and you so happen to notice that, and you're like, man, where'd that guy come from, blah, blah, blah. So you get in your car, and you turn on your phone, and it's 333 in the afternoon, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's weird, that guy's license plate had 333. Then you're driving home, and then someone out of nowhere comes and starts cussing you out as if you cut them off when you did nothing. You absolutely did nothing. And then you come home, and you turn on the TV, and it so happened to be... 333 on that channel that you so happen to put it on yeah so it's almost like what you would call dark synchronicity but there's this like organized bad luck around you that happens but it's almost as if there's a dark force organizing it and i've experienced it while making the documentary um there's even a weird one where if you're in the store or at work it could be anywhere And you so happen to look up, and then people are looking at you with this evil face, like anger face, and you go, whoa, what's that guy's problem? And then later on in the day, or throughout that space, different people are giving you the same face as if there's an entity controlling them or behind them, trying to give you a message. And I experienced that a lot when making the documentary, and it was as if, like, it was the hat man saying, I know what you're doing, like that. I know what you're doing, and you better be careful what you're sharing. And I got multiple synchronicities um, of the entities speaking through people too of like um it's always a gangster mentality too which goes back to probably why it takes that form it has the i got the messages from people saying from the entity through people saying you better show respect you better know what you're doing when you're covering the subject you better express it in a way that's um with respect it was always with respect and that always comes up if you interview anyone that's had a contract with it you have to address it like a family member when it enters the room and you have to have respect to it. Like as if it's a boss of some kind in order to do its bidding. Uh, I did come across some people that use the hat man to send it to people. And there were certain phases, um, that, that they did. But, um, yeah. So can you give me a a list real quick on the best you can of how you seen the old hag? I like to ask eyewitnesses that like I asked them, okay, how did you see him? And they go, okay, I would see him peeking around the corner, or I would see him in the corner of the room, or in the closet. So how exactly would you see him? I,
1: It would always be like it was I never see them full, in full person. Always see like the silhouette of them, but only like the silhouette of their back just walking past me, or you, you just see that someone was, was there, but you can I would, you, you want me to kind of get, give an idea of what I think they look like?
0: Actually, um, can you give me a list kind of of how you've seen the old hag? Like, was she always in the corner? Was she at the side of the bed?
1: Uh, seems to come always from a door, right? So, always from like the bedroom door. Um, no, ne- I've never really experienced it from a closet or anything like that or a cupboard. Um, and it's come from sometimes, you know, sometimes I've woken up this happened to me, but I I don't know if anyone ever asked me, Hey, have you ever seen a ghost? I wouldn't say yo, the, the hat man or the dog or the shadow person at the top of the stairs. I would say, yeah, I went, I mean, I would say, yeah, I've seen what anyone else would describe as a ghost. I was in a place called Blackpool once, and we stayed in this hotel. Sorry, I, I'm going to get to your question about the, the old hack. Because
0: oh no, I want to hear. Yeah, I want to hear what you're going to say. Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, me and my friends, we were away in Blackpool. There was about six of us in a room. One guy was sleeping on the floor. There was another guy on a bunk underneath me. There was maybe four of us in a room. I was on the top bunk. <laughs> I'd been drinking, so take that into account. I was about 18 years old. Uh, and I woke up just blindly. You know, when you just wake up like, hmm, fresh, I'm awake, but it's 3 a.m. It's like in the middle of the night, you know. I woke up and I saw this straight as day, this woman floating over me, looking me right in the face. She had brown hair or black hair or whatever, wavy hair. She was not ugly. She was not old. She was quite young. But she was looking at me with the utmost fascination and pleasure. She was just smiling right at me, almost like a crazy smile, just like, but the, a crazy smile is in like, my God, I'm so glad to see you. Like, but I woke and I saw this person floating right over me, like nose to nose with me. And she was all blue. And my initial reaction was I shouted, I was like, fuck, what the fuck? And I, I whacked my hand in her face. I wasn't paralyzed. I just shot my hand. My hand went right through her. She was like smoke. And at that point, I kind of became paralyzed. But it was the first time that I've ever been paralyzed, not by sleep paralysis, but by fear. I was in fear. I was like, what the... And then I heard someone say, burn, burn. And it was my friend. I woke him up because I screamed so loud. I was like, keep talking, man. Because i his voice was comforting me. I was like, keep talking, keep talking. He's like, uh... We're in Blackpool. And I was like, okay, (laughs) man. I thought, fuck, I'm drunk. I drank too much. I saw that shit. Fuck. But next night, same time, woke up. Hadn't been drinking as much that night. I don't think I hardly drank anything that night because I drank so much the night before. Woke up. Same shit happened again. Same person. Same time floating over me. And I said, you again. And I punched it and the, the hand went through like smoke and, and I just, I just went to sleep, but Hey, that might've been the old hag because that was a woman floating over me looking at, or it could have been a ghost. That was a very, there was an old house, an old motel, a lot of shit had gone down in there. It was a very rundown place. Um, Have I ever seen the old hag? She seems to just come from a certain distance from your bed like she seems to just suddenly be at the end of your bed or suddenly be by a window or a door Uh. and just suddenly be about a meter to a meter and a half away from your bed so that's like what American that's like uh four or five feet away from your bed never further it's like the minute they get within five feet of you you have to wake up and see that they're there um sorry can you hear music in the background no uh i i i felt some negative vibes as i was talking to you about 10 minutes ago so i flicked on the red hot chili peppers to bring some positivity <laughs> into the, <laughs> That's into the room um, <laughs> uh so yeah 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 it, it was weird i got goosebumps and stuff and uh I'm sitting here in my sound booth, which gets very hot if you sit in it too long. And I was very hot and it got very, it got quite cold in here all of a sudden. So I was like, fuck, I'm gonna put some music on.
0: <laughs> well, it's interesting when you learn about the fabric of our reality and the matrix, it's like a global Wi-Fi. Um, if you listen to David Icke kind of talks about this as well. Um, and that's how they they can listen very easily. And just by talking about them, not to get people freaked out or scared. It's just the nature of reality. It's like saying if you're if you're out in the forest and you're calling out for oh, that's not a good example. I guess if you're doing like a, a bear call or a duck call and you see the ducks come, of course you're going to see um, ducks come. It's the same thing. We live in an, in an environment where it's like a cosmic Wi-Fi. They can kind of hear us all the time if you talk about them. The very vibration, the very vibration you kind of talk about attracts them. Um, but at the same time, what I've learned. Is that we're behind enemy lines, if that makes sense. There seems to be like this planet has been seized by a dark force and we're kinda like it's kinda like a farm and they're feeding us off, off us. Uh did you have a thought? Oh, I thought I thought you were cutting in to say something. <laughs> Are you sure? Uh I thought I heard you say something. Oh, okay. Anyways, um it was interesting. Last time I interviewed somebody, my computer's plugged in so that it doesn't go dead, and I was interviewing them about, no, no, they are interviewing me about my film, it was a film, I'm sorry, it was a film festival, they were interviewing me about my film, it was their podcast, and they were talking about the hat man, and then all of a sudden, my little, like, uh, battery was going down, and I'm like, why is it going down? I'm like, it's plugged in. And then, and then it was like at 80%, then 70%. And I'm like, okay, I have to stop them, the host, because, you know, my, my computer's going to die. And I told him and he said, you know, that's weird because mine's plugged in and he's all, mine's dying too. But I didn't want to tell you and interrupt what you were saying. And um, it's just weird. They do little things like that. Even throughout making my film, I got a whole bunch of synchronicities like, um, I still happened to turn on the TV, and there was just looked like the image of the hat man. Um, I was, the first time I even talked about it with my dad, I was driving, I was talking to him about the different books I was reading on the hat man, and when I was describing to him what the hat man looks like, I kid you not, this was in Fullerton, California. This guy started crossing the street in a top hat, black um, black trench coat, and his face was pale, and he had um these, like, circle glasses on, very, um, very, um, gothic, and my dad's all, whoa, you were just talking about that, like, five minutes ago, and this guy's crossing the street, and I seen that, and I'm like, yep, they're listening, so yeah, you're right, I guess there is a listening, but you might be a, um, what I call, not what I call, it's what people call a seer, where they could see these things, so someone else, they could wake up And the old hag can probably be in their room, but they're not going to see it because they don't perceive it. They might just feel like, oh, I feel scared for no reason. Why do I I feel scared? And then while other people that could see things like you, it sounds like they wake up and they see it in the room or they kind of, you know, like for me, the other day, like about three weeks ago, I had a horrible sleep paralysis experience and I didn't see it, but I could feel it all over my body. And it felt like I was moving through wax. I couldn't move. And it was like, Maybe my spirit understood, my astral body understood what was going on more than me. Because when I could feel this thing squirming all over me, so I was in sleep paralysis and I could feel this entity attached to my energy centers and all over my body like a a constricted snake. But it felt like a... Oh, it's weird I got interference when I am saying that. But it got this like um, tentacles all around me. And I could feel it all over me. And if you ever watched that movie Life and that alien called Calvin... That's exactly what it felt like. That's exactly what it felt like on me. And it was squirming. And the first thing that came to my mind was like, oh my gosh, this is an interdimensional type alien thing. That's what it felt like, an alien animal all over my body. It was the worst experience ever besides losing a loved one. That's how scary it was for me. And I've researched this stuff, but I truly realized that until you've had the experience... Um, you know, I don't think any film could really accurately portray it.
1: I, I get that. I get that. I've... I, I, I can't think... I'm just trying to think. The most scared I've ever been in my entire life was that dog. That was worse than The Hat Man for me. Wow. And... Because that was... For me, that was real. That was. I'm, I'm like ninety nine point nine nine percent that convinced that that was not a dream. I felt so awake. But at the same time, I was young. I turned out to be epileptic. People with epilepsy have a history of hallucinations. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, on the other side of it, negativity in the house, death in the family, um, a boy on his own. Oh, here's something for you, Carl. Uh, I, I didn't mention before, but this, this, is, this is a big one. And after this, you're gonna go, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, my aunt, who we didn't see because she didn't live with us. This is the, the mother of the cousin that did live with us. She sort of stepped back into our life uh, around the time my cousin was 16. Which will have made me 12. Right before I I had the epileptic seizure. I always go back and in my mind say, oh, this all happened when I was eight years old. But the truth is I can't actually put a time stamp on it. Um, that I I don't know. You know, like, anyway... 12 years old, things were really, really bad in the house. Everyone was getting cabin fever because at the end of the day, I was a 12-year-old boy about to hit puberty, and I was living with three women with no father figure. There was a lot of frustrations in the house. My sister slash cousin was 16 years old. I'm going through her own uh, development as a young lady. And there was just so much frustrations in the house. My aunt, who for whatever reason was, was, was visiting us every now and then at that time, she was somehow, in retrospect, looking at it, must have been in some kind of spiritual awakening because she was into crystals uh, and books and stuff. And we had two books in our house. I don't know how these books got to our house. It's weird thinking about it. How did that book get to our house? There was a book, and I had this book. I used to read through this book, and no one took this book away from me. And it was, I can't remember the exact title of it. It was like The Occult or something. It was called the, I remember it's called The Occult, and it was kind of a brief, I don't know if the book was called A Brief History of the Occult or something. And it was a bit like a textbook. You could, uh, it would, um, you couldn't, it's not like it had any spells or anything in it. But it would—it was—it was like an objective view, like a documented book on what people would do, and it was very pagan-looking, you know. Uh, and I remember it talked about the mandrake root. That was, I used to love looking at that page because remember I was—I was like a, just a, a young boy. I would look at that page. and I'd be like, oh, that's cool. This dude has to cover his ears, or this plant's gonna make his head explode, and so he uses the dog to dig it up. Like that was what was in the book. Anyway. I was looking at that book and my aunt one day for whatever reason came to me and said, Hey, Ben, look at this. And she gave me this blue crystal. It was so cool. The way the light shined on it and everything it was only little about the size of your thumb. And she said, this is cool. This has got energy. I was like, cool. <laughs> like not knowing what the fuck, you know, but it's just like, Hey, it's like an 11, 12 year old boy. You give him anything. You give him a micro machine. You give him a car. You give him a transformer. You give him a a toy from a Happy Meal. He's going to be like, yeah, this is cool for like a month. She gave me a crystal. And I'd never seen a crystal. She gave it to me. And she said, hold it in your hand until it vibrates. So you can feel the energy. And she did it. She put it in my fist. She goes, make a fist really tight. Can you feel the energy? And I, I somehow felt something shaking. You know, it's probably the you know, it might be an illusion of your fist shaking or whatever, but I felt some energy. I was like, yeah, I feel the energy. And she goes, now, put it on your forehead. I said, cool. And she goes, it's going to open your third eye. And I thought like Cyclops, like from He-Man. Yeah, my third eye. So she's playing a game with me. She goes, you're going to see things that you don't normally see. I was like, cool. And then she just left it. That was it. Now, my aunt is not a popular person in our family no one speaks to her anymore she gave me that and for days i don't i can't count the amount of times that i was a young boy and my game you know you you have a a you ever have a box of toys you you know your he-mans are here your thundercats are there and, and 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 i had had the you know I got this crystal and I would get this crystal and I'd just sit there in my room and go, okay, I'm going to feel it, I'm going to feel it. And I did it and I would put it on my head. And I would do that like every day. And, you know, I later in life found out that this crystal is called kyanite and people use that crystal to open their pineal gland. And then about six months after her giving me that crystal, I had my seizure. Whoa,
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, right? No, but seriously, seriously, that that lines up with a lot of things that I research because I research a lot of things, not just uh, I research a lot of uh, occultic things as well. And no, that makes a perfect sense. That it seems like, remember, I told you you're probably a seer. Well, that's probably when it happened, it probably opened up your third eye, which enables you to see a lot of these things. In turn, sometimes it could be um, negative negative things whoa that's crazy i do believe there's a lot of positivity though in crystals too as well but yeah. there, yeah, there yeah. seems to be a i don't want to say conspiracy but a lot of things that are in our water even like the like uh things we eat even like the way we brush our teeth what's in our showers and stuff like that in the water it does suppress the pineal gland So it seems like the pineal gland, and I don't know if you know this, but inside the pineal gland are crystals as well. Inside the pineal gland, there's crystals.
1: Like microscopic ones? Yeah, because they calcify, right?
0: Yeah, 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 exactly. And when they dissected, when scientists dissected the brains of monks, their crystals were huge and like advanced and stuff because they would always go in deep spiritual states and meditations. So it does seem that, for some reason, there's a group out there that doesn't want people to know how to see these things mm. um, and it it, it, and it should be on um, both sides. Have you ever seen anything good too, or is it only negative?
1: Well, well first, before we go into that, I, I wanted to say one thing she told me was I had to wash it, and she made out like, you know <laughs> you know when he gives him the and gremlins, and he's like, "Make sure you don't feed them after midnight." She looked at me with a look like, Ben, you got to wash this. Every time you must wash it in water. You must wash the crystal. I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. That's part of the game. And I must have forgot to wash it a few times. (laughs) And I read later on in life that if you don't wash it, any bad entities that get attached to it will manifest in it and stuff. Or something like that. Like you can get bad energies if you don't wash it, if you don't cleanse the crystal. But dude, that, that's what I just read because I was, I was trying to piece stuff together. I was trying to find out my story. I was trying to, like, what, what happened? You know, going down a rabbit hole. Like I said, I'm not saying I subscribe to I'm not saying I believe in any of this, but it that's what I found out. Um, mm. Going into anything positive coming from that, I always... I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah. She said if you put it on, the, on in the window, it will charge in sunlight. Sunlight recharges it. So I used to do that too. Um, I d- did anything positive come of it? I never felt, I always did feel a kind of positive thing of doing it. I think that's why I did it so much. It felt nice. You know, it was a it was a nice thing. But I don't I don't ever remember seeing, for example, guardian angels or or um being guided by anything. Um I'm just looking back, trying to try and try in my I'm just looking into my memories now, trying to think of some times where I if there's anything like that that would have happened no not really it was all for me it was all bad dude
0: oh wow yeah a lot of people like um i guess um not you or your aunt but like in general a lot of people get into things that they don't know a hundred percent what they're getting into and that could be kind of scary because it's like if you've just been dropped into a different country and you haven't done any research on where anything is, how to pay, or what to do. And a lot of things that people do, they don't know what they're getting into, and it could be it could be very scary, you know. Um, a lot of the history, oh, yeah, a lot of the history connects to. Um, if you really want to go deep into stuff, you can write this down. The Book of Enoch, Genesis six. A lot of what you're yeah, talking about, yeah, I know about, about that, bro. Yeah, it comes back. I know about the, the Book of
1: Ezekiel and the Book of Enoch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I personally believe that a lot of what we call demons and even the word demons goes back to connected to stuff is more of, um, alien origin and alien just means something that's foreign, you know, if, cause yeah, if you, yeah. yeah, if you were to, like, for example, there was a guy that's in the documentary, but it didn't make the cut. Um, he's in the film, but this next story I'm going to say isn't in the film. Um, before he's seen uh, but yeah before he's seen the hat man he's seen the greys the alien the greys the small one with the almond shaped eyes classic yeah, 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 yeah. he's seen the greys and um before like right now we see that we go oh yeah that's an alien but back then this was like the 60s he said there was no ancient aliens on tv there was no hardly any books on the subject it oh yeah that would have been like that would have been a real wtf right there Oh, absolutely. And it seems like, you know, we have to remove all connotation of what we think these things are and go deep into what, um, this is a demon always has to inhabit a body. They're basically disembodied invisible beings, but they have to inhabit a body. A fallen angel is something different. That's more higher in being. And that's not a demon. A demon is actually, you said you, you researched Genesis six and the book of Enoch, um,
1: yeah, that it came from the Ethiopian hybrid. Bible, right? The that the dude that got taken up into the sky, and he said, uh, basically, yeah, I like chariots of the gods, and and things like that. Like, um, so this guy, what he 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 was not a primitive man, Enoch, but he was a basic man, you know, as far as compared to society that we have today, and he describes in that book being. Basically taken up into the heavens of what I think how he described it, but if you look at it in layman 's terms you what you have to I think you, you understand what I'm getting at, but I'm saying this for maybe listeners that that might not understand If you look at these texts, book of Ezekiel man in Ezekiel, it gets going in the first paragraph it's crazy uh, you've got to remember who Ezekiel was and who Enoch was they were a person that is so distant from where we are now. You go back to them and you show them your smartphone and they will say, he did hold a window to other worlds. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So you go back then and you grab and you land in front. Okay, if we go to Papua New Guinea and, and we go to a tribe that has never seen the outside world and never had contact with anyone and you land a helicopter near them, And then you step out in in, in your helicopter helmet and everything. They're going to say in very basic words, the the large monster approached from the sky. Uh, The being did step out the monster whose feet were like shiny globes describing the wheels of a helicopter. You know what I mean? So the book of Enoch, if you look at it and you try to see it from Enoch's point of view but with the knowledge that we have as a modern man, as a modern person. Dude, he describes, what is it? Uh, c- c- cities made of crystal or something. And he describes uh, uh, automatic doors opening and closing. It, the motherfucker was on a spaceship. <laughs> it was on a, like, you can, you can see it. Like, if you look at it from that point of view it becomes very apparent. But if you want to look at it from, no, he did see beings and he did go into the heavens, then yeah, okay, he went into the heavens. But if you look at it from an absolute realistic point of view, like, okay, so you actually saw something come down and you did get in a capsule or whatever you call it, or a bubble, and you floated up to the sky. Well, what happens if you float up to the sky? You go to space. They'd never been To the sky, they called it the heavens because they saw wonderful things shooting around up there and auroras and things like that. And they, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now just because I'm looking at this with a logical eye again, I'm not saying I believe in it, I'm not saying it's what I've subscribed to, and I'm not saying that it dispels things like God. If anything, it reinforces things like God because God is a higher power above everything. If aliens exist it doesn't mean they don't believe in God, you know? Mm. So, yeah, sorry to jump on you there with the book of Enoch. But yeah, I've, I've looked at that. And uh, uh, if, if you were going down the road of, okay, um, these things that we are seeing currently, this top hat man and things like that, it means that we are now in Enoch's shoes. And maybe we're seeing things that in 2,000 years will just be seen as normal oh yeah you saw that you you saw an h151 droid or well you know whatever it, like maybe i'd like to think it's something like that because that gives me peace of mind yeah 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 it's very fascinating um
0: did you want to start recording again
1: oh shit yeah my okay. my god dude uh, i didn't yes. know where you
0: wanted to um start that's why <laughs> is that um, yeah okay. where
1: did we stop where did we stop recording
0: um, you could just, just, um, just start recording. It's fine. Um, you mean like what topic?
1: Yeah. So we can carry on.
0: Um, you were talking about, Okay, let's just press record and then I'll tell you where to, to go from there.
1: Okay. I'm recording.
0: All right, Cool. All right, so um okay, so I guess my last question is what do you think that the hat man is and the old hag is? What's your theory or what's your thought or the vibrations they give off? What do you think that they are?
1: My answer to that is right now is that I think that they are. I think they are, they're there. Hmm. And I can only say that because the microphone that's in front of my face right now, the heat that I feel in this booth right now is there. That's the best I can do. It's there. If, it, if I were to speculate on something, I would closely go to something like this. I would like, I would gravitate towards, they are a phenomena that we are not evolved in our mind and spiritually enough to understand yet. I feel the more we pursue science in every direction and the more we pursue spirituality and merge the two, I think we'll get our answers. But right now, I feel we're in the shoes of people in biblical times. There, is, uh, there are books called Chariots of the Gods, where they describe the Greek gods, uh, things like Zeus, the god of thunder. Uh, was it lightning? The god of lightning. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I, I, think, I think he was meant to be, uh, you know, he wasn't. He was, he was a dude in an alien spacecraft going around shooting lasers or something like that. That's so why it's called Chariots of the Gods. I haven't read the book, but I, you know, I've done the, the token Wikipediaing and stuff like that on it. Um, there's this the, the book of Ezekiel. There's a theory that Ezekiel saw in front of him. If any, if you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people that have read the Bible that are well versed in the book of Ezekiel. He describes what he feels is 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 God or a greater power coming down to him. And coming out of some sort of vehicle or some sort of orb or something and, and giving him instructions. And he did eat those instructions, X, Y, Z. I feel if we look at that sort of thing in a very literate way, like he literally, a dude, uh, yeah, a being came down. A lot of people say, oh, the Lord came down. But what if we look at it differently? What if we say uh, something literally did come down from the clouds and what they call the heavens, which would have then been space, came down, got out, gave him instructions. He did eat those instructions or the word of God. He did eat the word of God. What if he got out like the same way that if we went over to Papua New Guinea and went to an indigenous tribe that had never been outside and seen the modern world before and we landed a helicopter in their back garden and we were like whoa we're friendly and but we don't speak their language so we use some 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 body communication they're scared what do you do you get some candy out or something you go here eat this and there's writing on it then what would they say they might say something like oh the being did come down from the sky out of the big monster and did give me words yeah, the, the the ingredients or whatever is written on the 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 food packet, and I did eat those words. Yeah, you ate the food from the pack. Or it could be like that. Now, I'm not saying that's true. I'm not saying that's my belief. But what I am saying is, what if we're in the position of Ezekiel right now, or I think we briefly mentioned the book of Enoch. Or what if we're in the position of Enoch right now, where something? absolutely phenomenal is, has happened to us that we cannot comprehend. You want to call it a dream? Okay, we'll call it a dream. Maybe in 2,000 years, our ancestors will be looking back on us and saying, back in the day, they called it dreams. Now we know it's just the fourth dimension. Do you want to go there and get a McDonald's? <laughs> you know, like it, it, I would love to think it's something like that. And actually, I really feel like it could be. Like I said, I feel that these things are countless cases. There's so many. There's thousands of cases of people seeing this thing, of people experiencing this. So it exists. That's undeniable. Does it exist literally? Maybe not. Maybe it exists in our subconscious. But is our subconscious another universe unto itself that we all share? We that at the moment scientists will say we can't disprove that theory. You know? Are they from another dimension? Scientists will say, we can't disprove that theory. Does it all tie in with what we were talking about earlier with gins and spirits and XYZ? Scientists will say, well, that lines up with this theory that we can't disprove. So therefore, everyone's right. Christians are right in what they believe, Muslims are right in what they believe because it's all one and it all fits in. So this is the very long winded way of me saying, I feel that the top hat man, the the old hag and things like that are something that we cannot at the moment understand because our brain is just not operating on that level globally. And I feel like a few people do have the answer. But I think it would blow our fucking minds so much as a society that the world might fall into chaos, so it's kept from us. Absolutely. That, that, that last part
0: was so spot on. I, I've been in contact with some other people too that have been giving me knowledge on their research. And I believe there's a small handful of people there's some people who are in the know and there are some people who are in the know by research and experience. And I believe the same thing. If, if everything came out in one day, if you knew God's mind or different levels of awareness and consciousness, different dimensions, I think everyone would go crazy. Um, the example I like to give is, have you seen that movie um, Indiana Jones and the, the kingdom of the crystal skull? Have you seen that movie? Yeah. 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 And that scene where the psychic is telling the aliens, I want to know, I want to know everything. And then they start downloading to her like all this information and then her eyes turn to fire and she explodes. I feel like that would happen to mankind if they got all the
1: information from the all-knowing. I think that's metaphorical. I think they put that in pop culture for a reason. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, it was in the Avengers. You get those infinity stones. Oh, that's too much power. You know, you're going to explode. It's like, and I, I don't think that... Let's, let's just say that the world is controlled and that what we're talking about is truthful. I don't think that these people there in control are necessarily evil. I don't think they are. Do I think they're a necessary evil? Maybe. Because look at human nature. You, you've, you played the game Grand Theft Auto, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. It gets realer and realer every version. We're on GTA 5, where they just did Red Dead Redemption 2. It's so realistic. In 20 years, where do you think it's going to be? What I'm saying is, and I don't want to go into simulation theory or anything, but you've seen, what's the first thing you do when the tutorial's over and you don't have to go do a quest or or task or some shit? You go and steal a car, you go and punch a guy in the head, you go... You wouldn't do that in real life, yet you love doing it in GTA because it's so realistic. Why? Because there's no consequence in a game. You punch someone in the head in real life, you got two things. It affects you. You feel bad. You have a conscience because you've been brought up, and, and, and people are going to judge you because that's bad. You shouldn't hit people. You got to steal a car. You rob someone. You do all these bad things. I feel at its base. And I'm not saying I'm like that, but I'm saying we're all like that. Otherwise you wouldn't have war, man. You wouldn't have uh, horrible people in the world. It's human nature to be horrible. It's, And I know that's a really depressing message and negative, but it's some. at the same time, it's hopeful because once you realize that, you realize why society is what it is. It holds us together because our, one point on this planet, there was two of us. That just had to happen. The chicken and the egg scenario. There was two of us. Then there was three of us. Then, da, 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 da. then there was then there's a whole bunch. And then now there's, uh, there's 10 billion of us. We're going to kill each other. They're, they're, countries are killing each other. Unless you form a society and you make rules. But what if we found out the world? What if tomorrow the president of the United States announced, you know, and and he just said, I I, got to tell you all something. It's going to be great. Uh, You know, (laughs) what if he said there is, you know, yeah. uh, Aliens are real and uh, we all live in a simulation and those things that come at you at night. Yeah. They're just, they're just things in another part of the dimension and they're just trying to fuck with you. It doesn't matter. None of it matters. You'd have rioting, you'd have looting, you'd have have people saying, oh, Armageddon's coming, and the the world would go mad if they found out that that was the truth. So how do you do that? We want to tell the people, okay, why don't we desensitize society one step at a time so that conversations like Kyle, the conversation you and me are having, start getting spoke, and we start having these conversations innocently, like you said, respectfully, talk about us respectfully. So, you know, so that's me coming back full circle now to the whole thing of I feel that these things are something that we don't fully understand. Some people do understand it. Knowledge is power. With great power comes great responsibility. I feel the work. And it's in all the pop culture, like you said, in the Kingdom kingdom of the Crystal Skull, she explodes when she gets it. Prometheus. The guy at the end, he, he wants to speak to the engineer, and he, you know that Ridley Scott movie, and he says, I want to know, because they found their creators. They're like, why did you do this to us? What happened? And the creator just looks at him, and it kills him. And in the Avengers, they get the Infinity Stones, the things that made the universe or something like that. And if you hold one, you explode. These pop culture references are all there for a reason. None of it is is fluke none of it is is folklore and none of it's coincidence it's these messages are there for us to follow and us to understand and and i think ultimately for us to respect and i feel like it's it's like your dad telling you hey don't mess with that that wasp nest over there son they'll sting you you know and they have to tell you a story about the boy that cried wolf and he got eaten by the wolf and you know you got to respect that shit you know so that, that, that's my standing on the whole thing. I, I do try to respect it. You know, I'm not going out there with, with crucifixes and, and getting priests to go and exercise demons in, in my old house where these things happened. But what I will do is respect it and say, and, and just not be what they want. If a shark wants to eat you in the open ocean, what's the best thing you can do? you don't be swimming in the open ocean or at least don't be something that looks tasty, be a fucking boat. <laughs> I don't know, be on a boat, you know, there's a mm-hmm. reason why you don't go freely swimming in, in South Africa, unless you're a surfer or something and you, and you're, and you're cool with that. And that's the same thing. It's, it's like, I feel maybe we've got these things hidden from us in order to somehow protect us, not individually, but as a whole. And we will, we will know one day. Maybe we will know one day. I mean, now we know, what the, we know what space is. We know what the sky is. We know what an aurora is. We know what a shooting star is. Thousands of years ago, we didn't know. I, a, a select few people did, but maybe they were given that knowledge from other people that felt like, okay, maybe they're ready to know. But that's, I think that's a podcast for another time. That's your ancient alien stuff.
0: Yes. And that was, that was perfect. Um, so just to conclude, um, if anyone wants to contact you for future projects or maybe discuss things with you, if they've had an experience, uh, how can people contact you?
1: Okay. So firstly, uh, yeah, if you want to contact me professionally, I do uh professional voiceover. Um, I've worked with some of the world's largest brands, um, who just thinking about it, if they, thought, if they thought I subscribed to a lot of these beliefs, maybe they wouldn't have my voice so much, but um, who knows? And I also do a lot of character voices. That's, that's, that's the thing I do, cartoon characters, XYZ. If you want to get in touch with me, uh, I go by the name Mr. Ben's Voice Box. And my email is ben at com. That's mrbensvoicebox.com. Mr. And I'm happy to to help out i um i really like being creative and i really like collaborating awesome all right guys well
0: for today that ends the podcast and remember when you go to bed tonight say a prayer or think good vibes and keep one eye open and this is kyle from the all seeing one podcast uh signing off all right cool i'm gonna stop recording now all right Well, thanks for being on the show. I want to touch on more, but maybe like what you said for a future episode.
1: (laughs) Dude, we can. Yeah. I mean, if we start talking about ancient aliens and stuff, a lot of what I'm going to say to you is going to go to theory and, you know, me just like gassing you with a lot of stuff. There was a lot of stuff there for you to edit. (laughs) I'm sorry, man. I talk a lot and I've been in quarantine a lot, and you're on a subject that really. You can probably tell I've been waiting to get a lot of stuff off my chest to someone that's going to subscribe to the belief system that, I, that I'm on and is on the same wavelength as me, so to speak. Oh, absolutely. So, again, I, I haven't had a chance, though, to say thank you. Um, I Really, thanks for getting in touch, man. And thanks for um, having some sort of faith in, in me and, and, and what I might say. Uh, yeah, thank you very much, man. I just want to. I know we're not recording anymore, but I just, I just want to let, like, say, open to, the, to, you know, to the universe that I'm indifferent to a, to a lot of the stuff that's happened. I just want to. I'm here, living, I'm experiencing this. You know, Jim Carrey, the way Jim Carrey's like, I'm not Jim Carrey, I'm just a story. Yeah, this is just things. That, this is just stuff happening. I kind of, I can get with that. And I'm just going through and I'm that top hat man. If I go back in time and I were to look out the window at him again, I might just be like, okay, I'm minding my own business. He'd do what he'd do. And if he's going to come see me, then whatever. I'll say hi. He's not going to get much from me. So that's that's my standing on the whole thing. I, I'm neutral. And I'm, I'm not out to stop any of these guys awesome yeah well thank you for being on the
0: podcast i try to get as many people as possible that are in the know on certain things you know and there seems to be a, a an awakening happening of people that are more open about things and there was even a um I was on a, i was on another podcast and then um it was two girls they were hosting and then one of them's all like you know she's all i never believed in this stuff and she's all but after i seen your film she's all there's no denying that She's all this thing exists. And I was like, whoa, it's interesting that you could accumulate something that really gets people thinking, you know, and that's all I'm trying to do is
1: get people thinking about things. But yeah, that's it. Yeah, you, you got it. Like, and again, we're not recording. So I can say this Tom DeLong, That's the reason I got in touch with him. You know, I, I, um, I saw what he was doing. I saw him on the Joe Rogan podcast and I was just like, dude, And I was, at the time, the company I was working at, and I'm still very close to that company. You know, we have a lot of synergy. I was in a position where I could help him do that. I could take, he wants to make the world aware and stuff. Are you aware of what he's doing to the stars and stuff like that?
0: Yeah, his company and he's making different documentaries and like TV shows, right? About certain
1: subjects. Yeah. Well, he wrote a kid's book (laughs) called The Lonely Astronaut on Christmas Eve. And it was literally a kid's book, like for four five-year-olds, right? And I thought, okay, well, let's take baby steps. I had a meeting with his sister, Tom, Tom's sister and his um, licensor. Uh, I think he was on the line, um, but he just didn't say anything. Um, and I wanted to make a live experience of his book. I, I was like, okay, look. I want to work with you. I want, to, I want to collaborate with you. I want to do this, but I got to prove myself to you first. Let's take something small. I'll give you some concepts. You see how we work. We did that. We made concepts. We made a massive long presentation. It was beautiful. They loved it. Guys, what's the next steps? How can we work with you? And I was meant to be going out there in May to sit down with, to basically meet him and have a chat with him and everything. And But then coronavirus happened. Um. But that is what I want to do I want to he's on a mission to sort of save humanity if you will and move us to the next level and have and start conversations about these things that's why he's got angels and airwaves that's why he wrote that book that's why he started to the stars academy of arts and science and and I think the the podcast that you and me had tonight was part of the arts bit you know to a degree it's expression of thought it's philosophy it's It's freedom of speech in a very innocent way. You know, we're not trying to uncover anything. And there's nothing that can, that's nothing really there that people can say, or they're going to wake people up too much. Because, dude, you're going around fucking with people in their sleep. You're waking them up. (laughs) You know, like that's happened. So, yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. Um, If you want to have a chat with me again, I'm very happy to hear it. Uh, me and my good friend, who who is uh, the the boss at my old company, we were going to go out to LA again, and we were planning on making a documentary ourselves, um, much more lighthearted. It's it's about it's a commentation a, a commentary on the uh, on the voiceover industry, because we have a lot of uh, high ranking, uh, or, or should I should say high up, um, friends and uh, and uh, associates in the voiceover industry. Uh, and we were going to make a, a nice movie about, like, you know, how, how it all got going, and, and and pitch it to Netflix and stuff. And when I saw your documentary, and Richard, my my friend, he he always said, "Oh, we won't direct it, Ben. We'll get someone else to direct it. We'll get someone else to do it because it's a big job." And I was like, "Okay, I need to always be on the lookout for people that can direct, and or even that have friends." Now, Kyle, it might not be for you. Because, you, you know, you've, you've got... But the, dude, your documentary. Honest, I'll be real honest with you. I didn't think it was going to be all that. You seemed young. You seemed like you, you were... I thought it was going to be real B-movie. It was way above par. It was real fucking good quality. And my hat's off to you. And if you ever want to work in the future on a project on, in, in that realm, just, you know, shoot me a note and, and I'll see how I can help.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I I appreciate that. It took a lot of. Um, it wasn't like uh, there was it was weird, cause also too is let's say if I can operate at one hundred percent, right, at everything that was happening, like these weird synchronicities, bad things happening, and the computer too. I had a whole bunch of computer problems the whole time. Like if things wouldn't render. The audio would be missing when I like would do a. Yeah. It was really weird. so Wait, I, was I, operating... I saw that at the end. Yeah, yeah. And that was just like um, like everything in the film. Like even that last part was just like a snippet. There was endless amount of things that happened. I, I got them on my camera and I couldn't fit it all, you know, in the documentary. But I was operating at like a 70-80% capacity of what I could actually do if there was no interference.
1: You know what I mean? I know. I know that feeling, man. Oh my gosh. I've been there with <laughs> like with my showreel. I had to do it all myself so- and my computer a powerful computer but it wasn't taking it and when and i always when i did these projects i was thinking man if i imagine if i had a team or if i had proper rendering servers i'll say so, you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i understand mm-hmm. your, your pain there but if that's you not operating at 100 percent, that in itself is amazing really like dude i was listening with bare dynamic headphones and I was, I have a, obviously in the field that I'm in, I have a critical ear for audio and everything was very well done. Very well balanced. I don't know if you did it yourself or you've got someone to do the audio for you, but even the decision, if you did get someone to do the audio to get them to do it for you was an amazing, amazing investment. And if you did do it yourself, then my hat's tough to you. That was really good thanks yeah i appreciate it yeah i'll definitely uh let's
0: keep in touch um i like your uh your excitement like when i first contacted you or you contacted me and talking about the hat man um and i remember uh you wanted to talk about meeting up too just to talk about it, like at a coffee shop man that was like that was an interesting time because i was like you know like this stuff is so like it's not fake it's really happening whatever you think whatever people think it is it's really happening you know
1: and it's funny. Because... I'm glad we didn't meet because the, the the place that I was staying at in Hollywood, I'm telling you that if anywhere going to be haunted, it would have been that place. I was fucked up. That place. The what was it like a hotel
0: or? What it was, was an it? Airbnb,
1: but it was in this. Uh. It was right on Hollywood Boulevard, and it was in this joint, this pink building. You know Hollywood Boulevard well. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So there was like a sex shop, like a hustler or something Mm -hmm. right across the road from us. And our building was pink Had a bar at the bottom that did magic shows. And it was like a cabaret kind of bar, like a pub, real strange place, real strange characters hanging around drug deal being done outside and the car. Uh, And, and like you would go in and there was just pictures on the wall of Houdini upside down in his tank. And, and you were thinking, what the fuck is this place? And, it reminded me of where Willie Lopez lived in that movie Ghost. You know, Ghost with 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 with, with um, oh yeah, with Whoopi mm-hmm. Goldberg, and mm-hmm. and they go to that dirty side of the town to to find the the shady fucking contract killer guy, and I was just, and it my first time in America, you know, and it felt like I was in a movie, and I, and I remember thinking, do I really want? To go and talk with someone about the top hat dude when i wake up in the night and he could be at the end of my bed <laughs> like if anywhere's gonna happen it's gonna be in this fucking place <sighs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the funny thing is i want to go back to that place i miss it it was um it was really cool i want dude i know we've been on the, ph- the phone a long time i want to tell you something before i go i told you i put on the chili peppers right uh-huh the red hot chili peppers the song right now that's playing it's called can't stop and and for a long time I've had an affinity to that song because I, I feel in that song he's exploring the idea Anthony Kiedis the singer he's exploring the idea that life is done all for him not like as in like you know when people think they're Jesus or they are God
0: mm-hmm.
1: but in everyone's way like life is that because he says ever wonder if it's all for you and all the lyrics in the song kind of tie in there's a synchronicity in that song and i've been wondering lately like what if like what if i am what if i am in charge of what if i am the only thing in my universe and everything else is a projection and it's all for me I.e., am i in a simulator and it's all for me or am i the great consciousness and i'm I'm creating Kyle on the phone with me or, or is it you? Um, you know what I mean? Like, what if everything's for you, Kyle? What if you've created me in your consciousness? And I, you, I think that just goes back to that hive mind thing that you said. And I think that the fact that the, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, the biggest band in the world, and that guy that is so badly done all the drugs in the world and done Ayahuasca and stuff. And is very, he met the Dalai Lama for fuck's sake. And he sang that song and if you look at the lyrics of that song and you actually pick it apart it's like and the synchronicity that I, i've just been thinking about that lately and at the end of our chat that song just came on interesting just,
0: yeah that's not a coincidence um i've been learning that too uh, consciousness will speak to you through songs through you'll, you'll even have quantum thoughts where you're thinking about a word and then someone says it on tv Um, yeah those are all those are all synchronicities confirming to you that you're you're connecting into the great i amness the it's almost like we come from a source where we're all one and in perfect harmony and we've actually fallen into density to experience this realm we're in but i could send you some i'll send you some videos and my last podcast i spoke to a guy his name's fernando and he's from madrid spain and he He's like I think he'll blow your mind. Everything you're talking about is what he talks about but maybe like um on acid. I think he'll really Oh like, wow. Yeah,
1: he's really. Well, like, on my bucket on my bucket list is to do DMT at some point. Oh really?
0: I, yeah. Oh wow. He um I talked to him maybe you could contact him if you have any questions but he's told me some stuff that you kind of get a little anxious like
1: Oh yeah. Like oh my I, gosh! I, <sighs> I wouldn't do it until I was at least like you know the age where i'm like okay if i go i go like i would have to be at least 70 before i do dmt you know like uh, that that's where i'm at with it right now well you know yeah. um in the middle
0: of my documentary there was a woman she was a psychic a medium and she took ayahuasca and that's when she seen the hat man did did you remember that story it was yeah she saw of-
1: him fucking with someone else though right she saw yeah him, uh, it was like yeah, she. No, I, I can strange. believe that. Like, and what you said about an octopus, a, a guy I know did DMT in Thailand, and he said he died. And he said he felt, and he described what he could only describe as octopus tentacles going around his neck. And, um, oh my. Yeah. It, it was weird. Yeah, man. Uh, but going back to what you said about the, the, the greater thing, I, I'm really into not pop culture, but. Things that affect me. One of the greatest things to ever affect me was a TV series called The Sopranos. You ever, you ever watch that? Uh, I watched bits and pieces, not the whole thing. It's difficult. Uh, that's, I was where you are before my good friend said to me, "You fucking have to watch The Sopranos. You're not an actor until you've watched <laughs> The Sopranos." I'm like, okay, whatever. My grand used to watch The Sopranos. Okay, I'll watch it. But you, he goes, "Yeah, you're going to watch it with me." And we watched it. We binged it together, me and my friends. So if you've got a friend that you can binge stuff with do it uh i don't know if you live with anyone but the sopranos now the sopranos makes breaking bad look like sesame street as far as quality of television right uh uh-huh. nothing will ever touch the sopranos nothing's ever won as many awards as the sopranos has done it's critically acclaimed it's studio you know new york studio style acting fucking bruce springsteen's guitarist is one of the is one of the the, the actors in it anyway it's it had so many references to the all-seeing eye. Like it's there, there's pictures of an eye and all these things. But there was one point where the main protagonist of The Sopranos, Tony Soprano, the, the big guy, he's a villain. He's the fucking head of the New Jersey Mafia based on true stories. And when he, whenever he contemplated life, I think there was, I don't know if it was his, his counselor, his psychiatrist. She, he, he got some knowledge and the knowledge was from... Native Americans. And the Native Americans used to say, a great wind carries us all. And there was this uh, Tony Soprano, the mafia guy, this fucking badass. He used to kill people. He loved animals. And there were these ducks that used to come into his back garden. And then you saw the soft side of him. And you were like, oh my God, who's this pussy like that loves feeding the ducks? And one day the ducks are gone. They flew away or something like that. And he was so depressed about it and the series just ended with the wind blowing in the trees and him looking at the trees and the wind blowing in them and he just kind of smiles to himself and walks indoors and yeah I I just thought that I should tell you that with what you just said with that greater force carrying us all the Native Americans used to say a great wind carries us all
0: oh wow yeah see that helps with my research too I've been going deep into that and it's like, it's speaking back to me. Um, Wow. Very fascinating. Uh, Have you read the book, um, breaking the habit of being yourself? Do you read?
1: I don't read. I used to read a lot. I used to read uh, people's autobiographies. I used to read a lot Uh of self-help stuff, but I have heard of that book. Um, But it's up there with, um, with other things that I had, I wanted to read like I'm okay. You're okay. Staying okay or everything is not fucking okay. <laughs> like, um uh, yeah, no, I, I have heard of that book. Tell me.
0: Oh, um, no, it just talks about like what we we're talking about on the podcast a bit, how you really have to reprogram yourself because as you're growing up and then as your parents, they kind of subconsciously program you and a lot of things like anger, anxiety, depression kind of comes from that, but it's also about quantumly connecting to the infinite awareness and source. Draw stuff to you, because um, when you try to work things out, and people call it the natural or the 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 you, what you think is hard stuff, you know, like um, I forgot what's called matter. You're yeah. you're kind of trying to influence things to come to you. But when you connect to the quantum field and the hive mind, not the hive mind, the quantum field, and the infinite awareness, um, you start attracting that stuff to you. Um, it's it's not really it's kind of like the law of attraction, but more in the more scientific route. It was a really good book. I encourage it for you if you want to dive deeper into that stuff. But you're probably busy. Uh, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And it's by Dr. Joe Dispenza.
1: So that's interesting because they say like the, the things that you do can be patterns learned from generations that you didn't even know. Like pa- families, they pass on their habits and stuff to their children. So mm-hmm. things that you do subconsciously you know, if you're um it's like they they say the stupidest guy in the world can be infinitely wealthy because he's he's just doing the right things by chance. You know, he's making the right moves without even knowing it because his dad made the right moves and he passed on the right thinking pattern to him. And his great grandfather made the right moves and he passed on that thinking pattern to him. But they didn't do it purposely, it's just how it was. Therefore, someone that's naturally poor and they just can't seem to get a break because they're making all the wrong moves. Even though consciously they're doing all the right shit, they keep fucking up because they've learned a pattern at an early age, and they can't break that pattern. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, very much so.
0: Um, It goes deeper than that. Um, If you read the book, um, it it goes more into quantum physics, and it gets really interesting. But no, yeah, that's what you said is spot on, and a lot of people don't recognize it. If you're not aware of it, how can you recognize it? You know what I mean? You have to become aware of it. And you'll catch yourself mm-hmm. too. Like if you, have, if you have a habit of making a certain face or saying something negative, and then you'll catch yourself, like your consciousness catches your body doing it, and you go, huh, I don't yeah. want to do that yeah. no more.
1: It's yeah. really weird, but it's cool because you change. Oh, that's amazing. Yo, um, I feel like I've taken a lot of your time up tonight uh it's probably it's Was it halfway through the day where you are is it like 11 o'clock it's 2 <laughs> 2 oh, it's p.m two. okay okay so i'm gonna let you go because if that was me that had to edit that that's a long edit especially for a passion project <laughs> so um so i'm gonna let you go it's been really fascinating talking with you and i'm on lockdown bro i'm not going anywhere so if you want to talk again recording or not just let me know